broadcast from the centre of England, this is Waffle On about Doctor Who. Welcome to this month's edition of Waffle On. So we're going to be talking about Doctor Who. Once again, I'm joined by my regular co-host, Kel. Hello! And special guest this week... This week? This month? This week. This week. Yeah, we'll that. Is Phil Hayes. Hello, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. It's good to have another SRS. This is our second special guest. Woo! We're getting popular, aren't we? Well, that's, that's, that's doubled our friendship. Yeah, you, <laughs> so, you, you, you have to get some more chairs. Where more chairs? Bring the most hammocks. Yeah, that's the way forward. We can't yeah. be doing a podcast in a hammock. I don't know. You could swing back and forth. You get louder and quieter as you came in from the left or the right. From the left, yeah. It could be quite soothing, really. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Doctor Who. Now, before we crack on, we have the usual housekeeping to do, and I'm going to start off. We have set up a PayPal thingamajig on our main website. So if anybody wants to throw some coins our way, please do. Just press the button. It's fairly obvious, and I don't need to explain it. The other thing is. Facebook, we've got a Facebook group. If you want to join it, please join us. Mainly, if you're rich or hot, I'm talking male or female there. So, <laughs> if you're not that way inclined, I'd probably leave it. Right, okay. Why rich on the Facebook? Thing? Because you get then you're on about your PayPal account to probably give us thousands. If you're rich, <laughs> there you go. especially in everyone hammocks. Yeah, that's true. It's everyone hammocks. We want. He's getting yeah, aspiration yeah, um, now. Yeah, it's uh, yeah the hot people in the hammocks and the rich people. They can yeah they can just yeah swim. they can. So really, we want Megan Fox. Megan Fox, and uh, we don't want Shia LaBeouf. Damn you, Shia Damn LaBeouf! You, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> uh, so that's our housekeeping out there. Now we've got some uh, comments to play later on, and also uh, we've got MP3 to play. And we've also got an email to play. I should just point out that uh, Kel is, cannot wait for the MP3, can you? Why? He's my favourite listener. <laughs> yes. Mr. Enthusiasm. <laughs> and uh, you are such a bad man. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, so, Mike, you have a really big fan here. We well. So, uh, thankfully for Mike, you sent us a comment. So, we're going to be talking about Doctor Who. Now, just to start off, we have a bit of a date. Doctor Who first came on British TV on the 23rd of November 1963 but we are not going to start at the beginning we're going to start somewhere in the middle Phil yeah because Doctor Who it's uh, I mean how many times have you heard the story of Doctor Who told from kind of William Hartnell all the way through to David Tennant and beyond how many TV documentaries have you seen on that subject hardly any <laughs> if not any apart, apart from well, not, okay, maybe not, I mean, what about, I mean, thirty years in the Tardis, well, 30 years and in the then Tardis, kind of all that anorak stuff, and all some that of, some of those was was ruined by dimensions in time. Yeah, what right. <laughs> <laughs> pickled in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because I think Doctor Who is that. I mean, because Doctor Who is such a big subject, mm. it's incredibly subjective. So where you're starting from. Is, is different for everybody now I think we're all about the same age yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was born in 1972 mm-hmm. you guys 73 okay mm-hmm. so what's your first memory of Doctor Who Tom Baker yeah 
and I think it was probably actually towards the end of Tom Baker's reign because it seems to be slightly swamped with Peter Davison. Okay, so a bit of a blurring there. So what kind of mm. companions can you remember? Um, Adric. Adric. I honestly, but I quite liked Adric. Yeah, no, no. Because I mean, Adric... being a young boy yeah. and seeing like uh, a young boy who's in the TARDIS, he's with the Doctor. To me, that's sort yeah. of like uh, that. That's what I think is slightly missing the new stuff. But I'm not going into that now. Well, that's interesting yeah. actually, because obviously. Yeah, we're not going to kind of preempt what you're going to say about Rose, yeah. but yeah, that's interesting actually that you <laughs> you uh, you connect with Andrew. What about you, Kel? What's the first thing you can remember? Well, I th- I'd say well, I was quite late into Doctor Who mm. because I was a big mum was black. I was a Black Seven fan, ah, so, right. which was the so, rival, was yeah, it, when I was young? Right. Monday nights, yeah. So that's that was me. Yeah. I was massive Black Seven. But the first thing what got me, and I people don't, especially Doctor Who fans, don't this, but mine was K Nine. Yeah. I love because I, I love robots, yeah. and I love K9. A lot of people didn't like it. Doctor Who fans didn't like it. But K-9. even Tom Baker didn't like K9 at times. I think he's brilliant. <laughs> K9 is absolutely adorable. Yeah, so I'd say yeah, it was probably K9, and and then I suppose I watched the odd one, but then hanging around with Simon, I watched loads of him. Yeah. So that sort of mm. got me into it. So I wasn't. So you what? Yeah, you. So I wasn't, this was at the time you watched yeah. them with with, with mm. Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not at the time. This not was afterwards because I was never a Doctor Who fan when I was a kid. I got into it later in life. Ah, right. I'll say well, when that'll I was be interesting. Actually, Fifteen. I was about right. fourteen, okay. fifteen. Okay. Okay. So actually, I just I just looked at what, then, what my okay, one was. Yeah. It was actually the Leisure Hive. The Leisure Hive. So nineteen. 80, 80 I think Leisure yeah. Rovers, yeah. Mm-hmm. well I mean okay I feel really good there because I could, <laughs> I could go back by about two years 25th of February uh, 1978 <laughs> now actually that, that's actually one of the earliest things I can ever remember for my entire oh, life wow. and it's the end of episode 4 of the Invasion of Time when the Sontarans come down the steps <gasps> behind Tom Baker now do He's, you think it's the Sontarans is that sticks in your mind is it or is I think it's I think it, I'll tell you what it was it was the steps it's the yeah. fact that he's going, he's there going, yeah, I'm great, I've saved everybody, isn't that brilliant? <laughs> and everybody just suddenly goes really quiet. And then he turns around and there's these kind of aliens coming down the steps behind him. At the time, obviously, I had no idea what they mm. were, but they looked pretty cool, the yeah. kind of eggheads and all mm. that kind of thing. So that's the first bit of Doctor So that's that an iconic scene. So yeah. that's almost like when you hear about people talking about the Cybermen and the Daleks that are going across London yeah, Bridge people talk, and all I mean, that. People are a bit older than us talking mm. about the Cybermen coming out of the sewers. And walking down in front of St Paul's and yeah. the Daleks coming out of the Thames. So was that, that was that episode the one that then got you hooked into Doctor Who? Well, I mean, it was always on in our house. Mm. I mean, my my parents always watched Doctor Who, yeah. uh, as far as I can remember. And I'm pretty sure that I must have been watching Doctor Who before that, because certainly my younger brother, who's four years younger than me, he was terrified by City of Death. So for him to be watching that uh, at the age of maybe two mm. or three, I mean, I must have been watching Doctor younger than yeah. that thing I can remember there but yeah. but I think you're absolutely right it, 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 Doctor Who is as much mm. about images as yeah. the story isn't it stuff yeah. that sticks in your mind I mean it's funny because I, I remember really liking Tom Baker but the thing for me that always stuck in my head was the TARDIS. It was always the police mm. box, and that was that's the the first thing that always sticks in my head. Because the fair, TARDIS is designed, the police box was designed to be an ordinary object, wasn't mm. it? I mean, the fact is, it's not now. No. I mean, you know, where do you have? I mean, okay, just down the road from here, they've got one in the in the museum, haven't they? At uh, um, Avoncroft uh, and Avoncroft and Earl's Court. And Earl's Court, they've got one yeah. outside. Yeah, um, but they're unusual. But they're meant to be ordinary, aren't they? And I think modern Doctor Who, it's hard to kind of get get a grasp on that, isn't it? That this were, is were, they, ordinary, were they object. ordinary even in, in the 60s? When it, yeah, yeah. They I were, mean, all the way through the 50s, all the way into the 60s, they were common sights. No. Up to 1969, they became extinct yeah. in 1969. Yeah. I mean, fact, you, the one at Avoncroft isn't a English police box. It's, it's a, a Scotch Glasgow one. one. Yeah, it yeah should because be in Glasgow, there's still a lot of them still there. Mm. If you go to the centre of Glasgow, they've still got the TARDIS. You can, oh. you can have your photo taken. They made of concrete as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you been in one? 
Uh, yeah, I've been in the one at Avoncroft. <laughs> was you as disappointed as I was? Uh, well, that it actually it didn't hurt. It wasn't. It, it wasn't was big on the inside. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that. That obviously was. Yeah, yeah. But I was quite pleased. It was well looked after, and it didn't smell of weir or anything. Because yeah, that yeah, would have yeah, been really yeah. disappointing. It has got a nice little stall in there. Right, I just couldn't it? see Tom Baker sitting in it. Just no, going, just kind oh, of like yeah, yeah. don't make another used to. <laughs> <laughs> but when we were kids, I mean, Tom Baker kind of mm. strode Doctor Who like this kind of colossus, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he was such an iconic. Figure. And of course, I always remember him being a fairly miserable bloke as well yeah. because later Tom Baker he wasn't I think I, early Tom Baker no I think even with the early ones there are flashes of kind of darkness and then mm. there's the humour I mean think of Pyramids of Mars where he's been all mardy around the TARDIS console when Sarah Jane's trying to come mm. like, you know, she's going oh this is a great dress kind of like Victoria wore it well, as long as Albert didn't wear it yeah. and he's just like mm. <laughs> so I mean for you he's I mean this is normally the question that people always end when they talk about Doctor Who I'm not going to do that uh is Tom Baker your doctor? I think, yeah, because he's the doctor I grew up with. And mm. I think you always go back to the doctor you grew up with. Yeah. I mean, there were times when I just couldn't stand Tom Baker. Because <laughs> I think partly because I'd seen those stories so many times that I was looking out for new stuff, stuff yeah. that I hadn't seen before. Uh, at one point, William Hartnell was my favourite doctor. And actually, William Hartnell still rates, I rate him very highly. Because I mean, after all, he's the governor. He's the guy mm. who started the yeah. whole thing off. And the thing about the William Hartnell era is anything is possible. Yeah. There are no rules. You know, you don't know what's out there. Because mm. he's the first one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because he's really kind of you know he, he's treading treading. And also as well, else. I mean, this is this this is something actually I wanted to talk to you uh, not on the podcast, but we might as well talk as we're doing it. Um, does is there anything in story wise, like the target novelizations or anything like that, or any kind of books that talk about the William Hartnell era, the first Doctor before Totter's Lane? Yeah, there was um, there was a series of books, hardback books, published by Telos, um, and Kim Newman wrote the first of those books. He's you know, the, the horror. He's the yeah, horror. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a big yeah. fan of Kim Newman. Yeah, and I'm a few a, of his books. I'm a big fan of Kim Newman's hair. Yeah, yeah. And he's, <laughs> he's the, the yeah. He's, he's a, a class man. He's yeah, he's a yeah, class yeah, man. Class act. And um, yeah, well, he wrote a book that was set immediately before that, uh, yeah. and they've kind of speculated about various bits and pieces. So yeah, so I'll lend you that. So it's a good Please read. Actually, I have an idea for this, but we're not going to talk about it here, so no one doesn't steal it. But it's really weird because we're talking about the past, aren't we? We're talking about mm-hmm. William yeah, Hartnell. Yeah. We're talking about, uh, I mean, you know, from the from the point of view of Tom Baker, we're talking about William Hartnell. But yeah. the past in Doctor Who, when we were kids, it wasn't really there, was it? You had the shows that were on mm-hmm. telly, and yeah. it was on pretty much half a year 20, 24, yeah. 25, 26 yeah. weeks of the mm-hmm. year, half a year. Uh, but no repeats. No. No, I mean, it was like, you know, John Pertwee didn't exist, Patrick Trent didn't exist, William Hartnell didn't exist. I mean, you get the target novelizations, mm-hmm. but sometimes even they were, print the, they were printed with the wrong Doctor on the cover. Yeah. I mean, Doctor Who and the Crusades, the first printed of that, had I think it had Tom Baker on the front. So that's going to be worth something. Yeah. I haven't got it. No, it's not like Lungbauer, though, isn't it? I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I have got that. Like that. Have you? Yes, I have got that. I'm not, not getting rid of that one. £60 on eBay. Is it really? Ridiculous. <laughs> still, still and you not... can get it free on the BBC website. Yeah, yeah. It goes to show it's kind of either. <laughs> Sorry, eBay. <laughs> either you're after the content or either you're after the artefacts. Now, I mean, I've brought a, a selection of books with me today. Um, I never really had that many Doctor Who toys when I was growing up. Because no. I don't think I was really that... I mean, that you could get them. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a big thing. It was more imagination when exactly, we were younger. Yeah. You're going to read... In the garden, I, I, exactly. I did. I yeah, didn't, exactly. didn't have to have toys. Exactly. Maybe you had a scarf. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But maybe you, you waved your parents' mm. sink plunger and egg whisk around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done that a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Road men walking <laughs> down the street. Uh, but yeah, you used your imagination, didn't mm. you? So I had a corgi yeah. car. I had uh, I had Bessie. Ah, but isn't it, that weird? Uh, because yeah, I hadn't seen Jump Early. 
Ah. I didn't know what that was. So you have no idea. Is that because you said Doctor Who on the box? So you went for it. Yeah. 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 But it was weird. Because always kind of things like Thunderbirds and Star Trek. Mm. And even yeah. Blake Seven to a certain extent. There's loads of stuff. Maybe not loads of stuff in Blake Seven, but there was some stuff, wasn't there? Oh, Doctor I had Who. A, I had a gun. <laughs> you had a gun. Space oh, 1999. Yeah, yeah. The most sold item in... Oh, whatever year it was in the seventies was Space ninety nine the ships. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I had, I had, had one of their guns as well. I remember the gun that was like, oh, oh yeah, the war's pistol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That that was but yeah, so most of the stuff that I've got, looking back, coming yeah. here tonight, I went through my stash just to kind of bring a few, and they're all books. I mean, it's all about kind of the written <laughs> the words. way you always thought when you said stash. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast, is it? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to another world, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. another time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's weird because they're. I mean, the Doctor Who annuals, I mean, I've got here the 1979 annual and the 1978 annual. Mm. If you guys look at those, those are just... Now, this is the same so one that you gave me a couple of months ago, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a couple yeah. of copies oh. of that one, yeah. And you know, and the funny thing is, I remember this, because I had this one as well. Yeah. And you know why I remember it? Because on my copy, although I never drew on it, yeah. this opening page, which you can't see, uh, listeners, is the picture of the TARDIS. Yep. I used to put paper over it all the time and do oh, the and trace it. it. And trace it. So my one actually worn out after. So you've got yeah. this embedded, kind embedded, of, kind of, yeah, yeah. But looking at these illustrations, there's two things that kind of jump out at me. Uh, one, apart from Tom Baker, they don't really look like anybody from the show. Yeah, I mean, I think that's meant to be. Is that a copyright thing? Do you think? I don't know. I, it was either that they hadn't got the licensing, or that they they hadn't got the stock photos to yeah. draw from. Because that's meant to be um, that's meant to be Leela, I think. No, that's meant to be Sarah. I mean, it looks nothing like her. <laughs> no. The other weird thing is that actually they've got certain stock photos, mm. and actually if you if you look at some of the I don't know what's going on in that picture. There. <laughs> uh, just for anybody who wants to look this up after, yeah, exactly. That, <laughs> We're looking at page twenty one of the Doc Two Annual nineteen seventy eight. Uh, yeah, so you know, anybody who's got a copy of that, look there and see. It's very Freudian. <laughs> actually, the art was very yeah. good. But look at that. I mean, that picture there is that's copied from. Um, uh, mm-hmm. It's not Close Encounters. It's the other. It's the old George Powell film. Um, what's his name? Uh, when Worlds Collide. Yeah, I love that. Or, the, or is it the oh, other? Yeah, this yeah, Island Earth? Island. Is that This Island Earth? Yeah, I mean, all yeah. these illustrations—they're all copied. I mean, there's, there's there's pictures in here that are based on a Clockwork Orange. There's pictures mm. here from—I mean, there's one where you can clearly see it's actually Bruce Dern in oh, the illustration. Right. Uh, there you go. That's the yeah. famous picture from Clockwork Orange there in Emerson's oh, Castle. Course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is great radio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I sort of feel like that's my fault for having to get visual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but that's. I mean, the weird thing is mm. that's a kind of version of Doctor Who that isn't television Doctor Who. It's still got Tom Baker in it. It's still mm. got people who are called Leela and Sarah Jane and stuff like that. But it's completely nuts. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the guy who did a lot of these illustrations, he he claimed that he discovered a mind-altering substance just before he started. <laughs> Drawing this, there you known, go. As, known as real ale. Oh, uh, well, there we go. <laughs> you missed a good beer festival at Bombay last week. I do that. <laughs> okay, for me, my doctor's Peter Davison. Yeah, it's almost like it's planned because that's the cloister bell from Tom Baker's very last story, Legopolis. <laughs> you wouldn't we, think we, uh, no. we work on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's because obviously when Tom Baker changed to, to Peter Davison. Um, I think that was a shock for a lot of people because Tom Baker had been around for such a long time. Mm. I mean, for us, we were quite that would have been our we, first regeneration. Our first regeneration. Why did he? Why did he leave it? See, because I don't know none of this stuff. This is why I'm interested in this. Why did Tom Baker leave it? I think he just had enough to be honest. It was. It was him. It um, wasn't. No, it wasn't the 
Well, it's. I mean, it depends on who you talk to. I mean, what what happened was his last series was produced by a different producer. There was a new producer, John Nathan Turner, who'd been a production, who'd been a production unit manager and had worked mm. on the show all the way back to the Patrick Troughton. Yeah. Um, he had new ideas. He had new ways of doing it. So that last series of Tom Baker, Tom Baker's really quite restrained. His his performance has been pulled back a bit. It's less jokey. It's more serious. The new script editor wanted more of a scientific approach to it. So that's why his last story is basically about maths. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, yeah. about entropy yeah. and the universe collapsing. So Tom Baker dies hanging from a radio telescope that mm. he's trying to send this beam to save the universe to stop these uh, to stop these charged vacuum embodiments collapsing. So as you can imagine from this way of describing it, it's it's very technical at that yeah. stage, Doctor. Well Who. also as well because the they'll explain in the TARDIS more than anything in that episode because yeah. they're kind of the whole point of the TARDIS let's get this straight is the fact the chameleon circuit doesn't work yeah. so do you know where the word chameleon that. circuit came from? it came from the novels it came from the Target books oh, yeah really? that's where it first started and then it was mentioned oh, that's in the a series. weird thing isn't yeah. it? That's so I mean really they must weird. have called it like a di- yeah, you know its ability to disguise yeah. or it can you know uh, we're not going to go to uh, what was it they said in the TV movie the uh, oh, um, cloaking device cloaking device yeah Ooh. Ooh, a bit Star Trek that yeah. well let's yeah. Let's hold Let's that. Let's be fine. There's, there's a lot of things wrong with that movie, and there's the biggest thing in the world ever. But we'll wait until we get there. Oh, I look forward <laughs> to hearing about that. But the the fact that the, they he's that annoyed in it that he wants to change to get the TARDIS working again. Yeah, and they have to materialise around a proper police box to get the right dimensions to take you up to Logopolis. Yeah, where they can use the maths to so make an exact model. We have of it. two TARDISes, and this is yeah. one. Now, you going back to the first things you remember. Uh, although Leisure Hive is one of the first episodes well series episodes that I remember this is the first big scene that always stuck in my head and always fascinated me and still to this day does is the fact that when they materialise around a TARDIS you get two TARDISes but then yeah. they walk into that TARDIS <laughs> and then they walk into that TARDIS and what's yeah, there exactly. Another, yeah. and it gets darker and, and darker. darker to me awesome it's scary isn't it? it is really scary because then you think there's, I was thinking about this today that Whenever what happens with the new Doctor who comes in, when Matt Smith comes in, now you, whoever companion is going to come into it, you're always going to get that bit where they look at the TARDIS, they run in, they run out, and they look and they go, "Oh my lord, what's going on here?" And my always thing was that when you walked in, you'd be really scared about walking that far into yeah the TARDIS into a space in case like suddenly that. the door closed and yeah. you're lost. Yeah, and, cause and Logopolis there's a lot of that. I mean, Tegan, the air hostess, the new character mm. introduced in that show, she goes in and. You know, you hear. I mean, I think when you when she, I oh know it's her aunt. Her aunt opens mm. the door, and you hear the master's chuckle. Yeah, because you're not quite sure whether the master's in the TARDIS or it's the master's TARDIS mm. next inside the Doctor's TARDIS, and it's it's very mysterious and quite scary. Which I, is almost kind of that reset right mm. back to 1963 when the school teachers ran into William yeah. Hartnell's TARDIS, and you have no idea what was going on, and you're watching it. And it's, I mean, obviously, you know, in retrospect, we all knew. Yeah, but because um, we're because we're obviously watching it from that <laughs> historical point of view. Yeah, how many inverted commas there? Well, this, um, this is the point. Yeah. of what you're saying about when we were younger, because uh, the age when that was, which was what 1980. Uh, yeah, 1981, 1981, I think. Because, yeah, because Peter Daniel stars in about 82. So, for me at that age, I'm seven. Mm. Seven heading towards that. So, me, my imagination is at the peak of what it it should be. So, for me, I don't know anything about, you know, past Doctor Who because this is it. Mm. So, for me, loving the ship, as I said before, that my main thing for Doctor Who and has always been and still is, as we can see, (laughs) surrounded as we are with TARDISes, is this beautiful blue box. And then to have two of them, and then you see the darkness of this. Yeah. 
to me, he's just it's very powerful, isn't it? It really is. Yeah, well, I think scary. all those episodes that lead up from yeah. Tom Baker's leaving from the Keeper of Tracking up to Look Up yeah. There's a then, real sense of doom about him, isn't it? Yeah. What I, I tell you what, the reason that I brought the annuals along, the reason I brought some of the other books here as well, um, things like um, this this book here, uh, Campaign by Jim Mortimer. This is um, quite a controversial book. I mean, I'm, we're, we're kind of jumping forward a bit, but mm. this seems like the right time to mention it. Right. When Doctor Who went off the air in 1989, there were a whole series of Doctor Who New Adventures published by Virgin, mm -hmm. uh, and then subsequently by BBC Books, taking the story on, continuing the story, that kind of thing. Now, Jim Mortimer, who was a regular author for them, he'd written you know several books, he wrote one that got rejected by the BBC. He self-published it. Well, that's the then, one I'd want to read. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you should have a look at that. I mean, just flick through yeah, that. Yeah, that's the one I want to read. Anything yeah. that was rejected by the BBC, so he's going no, to be good in my books. The thing, okay, we're, uh, there's a there's a big word in Doctor Who, in mm. Doctor Who fandom, canon, mm. canon, canon. Mm. What is Doctor Who and what isn't Doctor Who? Yeah, is it just what's on TV? Is it just what's on TV up until the end of 1989? Mm. Is it what's in the big Finnish audio plays on the CDs? It, is it what's in the books? Is, Do the comic strips count? Yeah. Isn't it up to the fans? It's up to the fans, yeah. exactly. That's what I believe. It's exactly. got nothing to do with the BBC. No, no, well, the point is, no, the point is, it's the fans who argue about this. Ah, it's the fans yeah. who argue. You get Doctor Who fans who are Virgin mm. fans who kind of say, yeah, no, well, you know, I, I believe that the books are part mm. of the canon. You get other Doctor Who fans who haven't read the books or hate them and say, no, yeah. no, that's, that's not right. You know, can't be, can't be looking at that. Campaign is a brilliant book because what it does, it's set in various different worlds of mm. Doctor Who. So you've got sections that are set in William Hartnell's era. Yeah. You've got sections that are set in the TV comic mm. ah, uh, version right. of it with mm. John and Gillian, his grandchildren. Yeah. You've got versions that are set in another adaptation of it. You've got and it's now, just do you want to just explain slightly because some people won't yeah. know about that with John and Gillian. Do you want to just explain that? Well, John and Gillian. I mean, well, a, a short version. A short version. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, basically, as with the annuals. Pretty much all the spin-off material that you could buy around Doctor Who, including the comic strips and stuff like that, was all based on it. It wasn't actually it itself. So when Ian and Barbara and Susan were companions in the early 1960s in, in, the, in the TARDIS, you wouldn't be able to read a comic strip about them. You would read a kind of simplified version that had a character called Doctor Who in it, who looked yeah. a bit like William Hartnell, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, who had two grandkids, John and Gillian, who stowed away in the TARDIS or kind of put, burst their way in and they had adventures with mechanoids and all sorts of exciting things uh, I don't think it was mechanoids I've probably said something really wrong there that I'm going to get yeah, massively picked up on that but I mean basically again it's this mirror being held yeah. up to Doctor Who it's various different versions of it um, and that kind of brings back to my point that when we were first watching it there was only one version wasn't there there was mm, Doctor yeah. on telly mm -hmm. there were all the books and everything but then when Tom Baker regenerated into Peter Davison mm -hmm. they also showed a series of repeats one serial from each of the the other four doctors ah. going all the way back to the very beginning so they showed yeah. An Unearthly Child mm -hmm. the first four part Doctor Who story and that was the first time I'd ever seen black and white Doctor same Who same here yeah same here and yeah. it was a real mm -hmm. eye opener wasn't and it? that was actually it was my mum and dad who turned around and said because they got you know obviously since they wouldn't have seen this either yeah and they would have seen it when it was first broadcast and turned around and said you've got to, you've got to yeah. sit down and watch it no, I know some people turned around and said that they mm, black and white. I loved it. Yeah, I, I think loved it. it. I, I, I can remember yeah. them doing playing the Nazi child, but I can't remember that any what the others. Well, were. what they did, they in the same way they've done with Torchwood, they stripped it through the week, mm. Monday through Thursday, because it's a four-part series. Yeah. at five forty on BBC Two. So instead of watching the news, you could turn over yeah, and watch yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they showed an Nazi child with William Hartnell. They showed the Crotons with Patrick Trouton. Not his best serial, well, but no, probably the only one they had. Uh, yeah, a limited <laughs> actually because of the. I think it was actually the only four-part they got. Mm. Left, because uh, since, but since then they found Tomb of the Cybermen, uh, which obviously would have been the perfect one to show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then for John Purby, they show Carnival of Monsters, 
and they also showed the three doctors which is very nice because that obviously had the first three of them yeah. all together and then they I think they repeated Legopolis again for, uh, for Tom and you know Baker. what I don't think I've seen the three doctors since then have you not no, no. it's worth a watch oh no I want to get them yeah. but as I was explained to um have you got? Have you? Because you've got virtually all the DVDs, haven't you? Have yeah. you got all of them? Yeah, since, I, I think I have. Yeah. Now, I, I think the only one I haven't got is the key to time because it was a limited edition. Yeah. I missed it. Well, they've been. Yeah, because War Games have just come out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And War Games is the first time that the word Time Lords are mentioned. Yeah, I th I'll take your word for it. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Now we we should point out that because they're releasing to entertain, isn't it? To do all the DVDs. Well, yeah, now it's, do it's all the part of They were part of Woolworths, but obviously yeah. Woolworths have gone by the, by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think that to entertain are the best um, DVD producers. I certainly think the package that you get when you buy a DVD, the commentaries, mm. the documentaries you get around. I mean, even on the War Games, they've got the fan film Devious, uh, yeah. which links kind of John uh, links um, Patrick Troughton and, and, and John Pertwee's eras together yeah. rather nicely. Um, no, I how think you does, can't. How does that work? Because we see the end of War Games when Patrick Trout and he's, he's shouting at them because yeah, they're going to change appearing on this screen. And then the next thing we see, he's obviously spearhead from space when the TARDIS lands. Yes. Uh, John Pertwee nearly destroys the TARDIS's doors by getting his coat <laughs> caught on it as he falls yeah, out, flying out to the heaven. Now, yeah. this is why this is another fan debate. Yeah, okay. series six B, series six B. Also, the point of the Doctor's clothing. Yeah, because it is. Subtly different, isn't it? Well, it's John Pertwee's six foot seven. Yeah, Patrick Troughton is yeah. five foot four. Well, uh, yeah, no, I mean, and they they have had things happen like that before. I mean, you know, when Peter da when Peter Davison became the Doctor, the boots mm. that John John that uh, Tom Baker were wearing regenerated into shoes. Into so you, shoes. That's you could it, say yeah. that's a continuity mm. mistake, and you know, let him off on that one. But when William Hartnell uh, turned into Patrick Troughton, yeah, um, his clothes changed with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, so I mean, there is no scene with Patrick Troughton kind of picking out a new wardrobe. Well, that scene doesn't—that doesn't exist now, does it? Well, Patrick I mean, Trouton's first yeah, one. You've got you, the stills from you've the, got the show. stills, the tele snaps from it. And no, it's actually because the there's three tele snaps, isn't there? Yeah, where you see the light come on. Now, is that Patrick Troughton at the last tele snap, or is it just the light blended into? Uh, the I think what it, I think it's Patrick Troughton. And I think it's just a massive I've, blow. I have studied. Yeah, that, I think. Um, yeah, I bet you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, obviously, that's the real tragedy. That Tenth Planet episode four, which is William Hartnell's last episode. And the power of the Daleks. Mm. Uh, all of those episodes are missing. That's Patrick Trouton's first story. So basically, we haven't got the run up to the regeneration. We haven't got the regeneration. We've got a clip of the regeneration from Blue Peter. Yeah. So if you've seen that, that's what you would have yeah. seen. And that's on the last in time. Yeah, it's cut a little bit short yeah. though. Cause the, can, can I just go off on a complete tangent yeah. now? Yeah. Right? Paul Waffle on. No, but because <laughs> you haven't something you haven't mentioned here. I, mean, I, I know you're probably going to go mad at me now. I know you don't want to, but I don't know you. See, I'm a fan of the Hammer films. Yeah. No, I'm not. Films, yeah. No, but. To me, that's the first thing I was thinking about it. I remember, it's probably illegal this is, going around me, my dad bought a video out of him, a pirate, said, I've got something for you, you're going to love. And it was the it was the Doctor Who films. And that was the first thing oh, yeah. I yeah, saw. The, the yeah, and I Cushing. thought, because oh, I'm, you know, I'm a massive Peter Cushing yeah, fan. I'm massive. Really, yeah. It should have been Doctor Who as a proper one in my books. There you go. But, um, and I remember thinking, brilliant. And then sitting on the TV, thinking, oh, I'm going to watch that. And thinking, it's nothing like it. And then I got yeah. confused then, and for years I thought, well, then, I don't know, and then just started watching the series and forgot about the films. Yeah. And then they come back out again, and I love them as well. No, but... I love the films. They, they did, they, I went to a matinee of the films when I was quite young. They showed them brilliant. in Warsaw, in the ABC at Warsaw, and it was brilliant seeing them on the big screen. It was, I, just, uh, I don't know, because I love the Hammer production, so it's, it yeah. had the Hammer production in it, and what I loved. 
Anyhow. So really, actually, it's the Dalek films that you you remember, which appear. Yeah. yeah. Doctor Who isn't named. The reason why I didn't. The, the reason why I didn't speak just then was because I was just going for the DVD collection. Oh, to yeah. get the yeah. DVD. I love anything that had an apocalyptic scene. Yeah. Yeah. I just love the apocalyptic I've scene. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, Daleks Invasion Twenty. Yeah, it's really good. I know it's got a few rubbish things like Roy Castle. Oh no 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 no. Roy Castle's first one. Oh, they were again. Bernard Cribbins in the Bernard Cribbins. Who was such a star? Yeah. But you know, you know what always upset me about that. What's that? Well, what, what's my favourite thing about Doctor Who? Um, oh, the TARDIS. Yeah, yeah, the TARDIS is wrong. Yeah, yeah, the TARDIS yeah. is so yeah. wrong. Well, you see, they didn't, buy the, they didn't buy the rights to the interior. They didn't buy the rights to the dematerialisation mm. thing. But actually, it's interesting, actually. You're probably going to not be down for this one. But they, uh, <laughs> they, I, I, I always thought that thing with the doors being painted white on the inside is a bit basic. But they did that, didn't I they? The new like, series. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and I think that really works. It helps to anchor the inside and the outside together in a way that the original show running to 89 didn't really manage mm. okay a lot of okay in the early William Hartnell stories sometimes like in the sensor rights there's this one brilliant tracking shot where the, it starts off by the console and talking and it goes out of the control room and into the spaceship so obviously what they've done is they've just set it up and the, color, yeah. the, the camera and goes, goes through the doors through the, yeah. yeah and then they turn around and it's obviously you know anyway um, or the white TARDIS yeah in um, uh, Mind Robber and uh, Celestial Toyman yes yeah. they've got okay. loads of them in yeah, there. all the cupboard right, doors yeah. Or yeah it looks like your room yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you keep playing the cloister bell which is for <laughs> imminent and terrible danger yeah, the <laughs> imminent and terrible danger of us waffling off for yeah. too long yeah. well it was either that one. I was going to play the dematerial the TARDIS as we dematerialise into into a wordless zone of mumbling we were talking about Peter Davison why for you is Peter Davison your favourite I think Again, it goes back to our childhood where yeah. I saw more episodes of Peter Davison than I did with Tom Baker. Now, Peter Davison was on twice a week, wasn't he? Yeah. He was on, was it Mondays and Tuesdays, Mondays and I think Tuesdays. it was. Oh, was it Mondays and... I too, I've got Thursdays. a book here somewhere. I could look at No, I don't think it was Thursdays, but it was sort of a test for EastEnders. Yeah. It was a test for that twice in the week. So, <laughs> I know. Real problem for me was that I went to Cubs on Tuesdays. So ah. I would see... Peter Davis the first year I only saw every other episode oh. what a shock <laughs> yeah. I, I, kind of... I was in Cubs uh, on Mondays ah so you were right then. because uh, you know, so you haven't seen Blake 7 though no ah but you see what I was watching that time uh, plug for later show was Moonlighting yeah. and MASH was on after it so I'd get home halfway ah. through Moonlighting and the MASH would come wasn't that a bit later on Moonlighting I thought Moonlighting was in 9 o'clock Moonlighting was 1986 no I'm thinking ah oh, yeah. right okay no no I'm just because you said Cubs oh okay fine like, oh that yeah. must be Scouts then you were talking about he would have been Scouts okay, yeah because I was in Cubs Scouts yeah. Yeah. unless you were yeah. a bit weird anyway <laughs> welcome to the Cub and Scouts episode of Waffle On which could we always be prepared and the thing is as well is that I was a massive fan of All Creatures Great and Small oh god I still am I adore now All Creatures Great and Small is just a fantastic programme it really is you hated it. Yeah. <laughs> Way too slow for me. I've never really seen it. I mean, no, I should no, look at it. I, should, I mean, the yeah. early episodes. Okay. Do well, actually, they only did uh, five episodes, five series of uh, All Creatures Gaspar and a couple of specials. And of course, he was Tristram Farnham. Tristram Farnham, yeah. This is mm-hmm. interesting because he was doing that at the same time. I mean, he did a bit of it before. He ended in 1980. Um, that was the Oh, so he did it before. Yeah. So and then they came well, back and did another series. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But he was doing Sink or Swim the sitcom at the same time as you now doing that had um, Philip Glenister's brother really? Robert Glenister <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. okay mm. now, this you're impressed with that yeah, yeah I am I'm very quick <laughs> and I can confirm that he didn't even have to pick up a book or go on the internet <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> was just straight straight out of there um, why I don't, there's a link to that oh yeah because Robert Glenister is also in a Peter Davidson episode and he's in Castrovalva as the is he the Portrieve 
Ooh, is that. he the tall bloke? Yeah. Before no, no, the Shardavan. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. the portrait, of course, is the master. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's only twenty-eight oh, years yeah. old. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> kind of like you've probably seen it by now. Um, oh, anyway, we'll, yeah, yeah, the tall bloke with the moustache. No, no, no. We think about the wrong person. Anyway, on, anyway, anyway. pausing. <laughs> hold on. There you go. Sorry about that. No, it's Caves of Androzani is in. I've just showed him the DVD, and there he's under there. And no, he appears in that twice. Actually, playing yeah. himself and his robot duplicate. Hey, indeed, he does. So there you go. Then. Uh, so anyway, so exactly the other, exactly the other end of the Peter Davison era. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Bookending it. Yeah, yeah. That works out well. Yeah, that was marvelous. Uh, but Peter Davison, I think, he's one of those actors who who goes to the what is it how do they, put, they express it now there are certain actors who take the role to them like mm. Tom Baker yeah. Yeah. Tom Baker let's be fair love him he's Tom Baker in pretty he's much all everything. teeth and curls exactly he's always uh, Tom apart Baker apart from the life and loves of the she-devil which really yeah. scarred yeah. <laughs> but and, and John Pertwee John yeah. Pertwee he's always John oh, Pertwee brilliant. He's always, you yeah. don't want anything else do you mean? no he's reliable <laughs> he's dependable yeah he's even he's worse we used to wear that much to you still kind of get a little bit of it but then you've got someone like Peter Davison who it's it's very much a performance, isn't it? Yeah. You sort of mm. feel like if you met Peter Davison for real, he wouldn't be Doctorish. No. When you look at the programs that he's done since then, Campion. Yeah. Um, uh, Dangerous Davis. Totally different characters. Yeah, King Arthur, Spamalot. Yeah. There's that thing as you well know. where he's like, wife won the lottery as well. Right? Oh, at home oh. with the brave wife. Yeah. Um, and he also. <laughs> That's. Because I'm a geek. <laughs> <laughs> about Home with the Brave Weights. We're not geek. doing a podcast about it. <laughs> we <do> that. <laughs> if we do a podcast on classic TV of anything, TV is just there, isn't it? Yeah. But no, I mean, and it's but he comes across as well. I mean, you listen to the commentaries of, of, of Peter yeah. Davis and Doctor Who. He still loves it. Yeah, you never really see him like Tom Baker. Let's face it. Yeah, but I mean, there was know. a moment. There was a controversial tape, that, a documentary they did called The Doctors. Um, it's like more than thirty years through time and space, where he was quite harsh about some of the production values and I think on some of the he commentaries he's been a bit, yeah, bit harsh well, and rightly so because yeah no no I mean yeah. it's you know I what mean, did Patrick Troughton think about it I think Patrick Troughton saw it very much as I mean he loved it I mean he did all the conventions uh, I mean one. he died at a convention yeah um, but I think he very much saw it as a job an acting job so when it came to 1969 when he left um, that was it man. Well, I mean, it wasn't that he wanted to leave behind it, but he was on to the next acting job. Yeah. And the next acting job. I also had a bit of a sneer about it to me in his, his, in his performance. There's always a bit of a. I don't know. No, is that not because of the fact that you remember him from The Omen? I don't know. There was no, I don't know. He just come across to me. that. It, it, I tell it, you know, what, with Patrick Trout, you feel like there's a lot going on there. That's what I mean. Oh, that's what I yeah, love about that. You it can was believe that it's he's like an alien. simmering. To me, it's like a simmering yeah. tension. Behind well, I mean, that's him. why they got they got him. in the Enemy of the World. They get him to play not only the Doctor, but they get him to play Salamander, mm. a Mexican villain. <laughs> <laughs> and by the simple I haven't thing, saw that. I want to see that. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> only, I think there's only one episode surviving. It's oh. worth a watch though. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, it's a it's a bit of a kind of political kind of futuristic drama. But um, all they've done is they've part they've given him a side parting. And right. with a side party, he looks really severe. He does, because he's got the Beatles haircut now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly, the Beatles, yeah. I mean, you, there's some great photos in, in that book there of some of his early work. And he's a very very handsome actor, but when you see him as the Doctor, yeah. he does look like, as he's now classed as, the travelling hobo. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole point oh. is that you underestimate him, don't you? Oh, yeah. If you're a villain or a figure he's in authority, got a string and he's he got comes in, in, he's he's pocket, yeah, and, and that's yeah. the whole point. He's yeah. a bumbling... Yeah, yeah, exactly. he's bumbling. And I like the way he had no time for people, particularly, did he? If you're holding him back, I like the way he packs tray and he's like, I'll... I'm going to do it. Yeah, exactly. You'll just go around. Well, if you yeah. want to, don't want to do no, it. It's no, up no, to no. you. And Pete, I love that. Peter, the funny thing is, is that, I mean, we, we were just saying that, what's our doctors? I mean, yeah. Peter Davison's doctor was Patrick Troughton. 
Yeah, that's and, right. And, yeah. He's t- and you look yeah. at Patrick Chayen, what does he like doing? He loves running around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I love Zoe, let's get into it. I love that. Peter Davison, what was around? David Tennant, David Tennant's doctor. Peter Davison says it in Time Crash. That's right, You know, and, and you, you link all, the, all of these little things for the later Doctors all link in of course it only goes from really Tom Baker because I mean Tom Baker took on Doctor Who and became Doctor Who yeah. in essence and considered he was a native work actor working on a building oh, yeah. site when he got the job you know I mean that's uh, that says something it's put, a, a native work actor getting one of the most popular roles on TV yeah I mean it's it's a real meteoric rise isn't mm. it I mean an overnight kind of change of situation I would be really interested to look back at each of the Doctors the interviews they did when they when they took it up Mm. Uh, as to whether they watched tapes of, of any of the previous Doctors. Would they have uh, been able to, though? Well, this is the thing. Because they were in the BBC, they probably would have been able to call stuff up out of archive. Yeah. But that's mm. the... Di- no, and also, obviously, it would have been a, create- a creative choice yeah. as to whether mm-hmm. they're going to do that. Because um, the thing is, again, I'm harking back to this, but no repeats. I yeah. mean, apart from that Five Faces series, and the, another series the, the year after, the, the Monsters of Doctor Who, where they, yeah. they repeated The Curse of Peladon, Genesis of the Darks, and Earthshot with the Cybermen in, mm. um, there were, really weren't that many repeats. So for us... Doctor Who was 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 either a distant memory of, of the past, yeah. and John Nathan Turner, that producer who who who, who kind of reined in Tom Baker, yeah. he famously said in the mid eighties when people were criticising him, saying you know, oh the show's not as good as it used to be, it's a bit flashy, it's a bit gimmicky now. Uh, he, he said the memory cheats. Yeah, you always remember things as better. Well, of course, now obviously when the there's no yeah. video, you can mm. get away with it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. The, the, the minute the video's come in, yeah, I mean. It, there is that love-hate relationship scenario with John Nathan Turner, and, and now I actually I, now that I know more because what yeah. we've, we've got these fantastic DVDs being released, yeah. there's more books being brought out. Now you actually see how much John Nathan Turner ruined his own career, not by his choice, but by the fact that he loved Doctor Who. Yeah, they said I mean, to he him, tried if you to don't leave, do it, no one will. Exactly, he tried to leave Doctor Who several yeah. times, and that was the choice. You know, either no Doctor Who or his Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. So and that's that's a no-win situation for you. Yeah, I mean, Doctor Who no Yeah, I mean, Doctor Who was not loved in the BBC. I mean, no. that last five oh, years. Grade. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Grade is just one symptom of it. I mean, it was. I mean, I he's think, an ass. To be honest, people re- <laughs> they didn't really know what to do with it. It was the mm. only twenty-five-minute drama that was being made on videotape. Uh, sorry, it was made. Yeah, I mean, it was it was studio-based, and it was it just didn't really fit with yeah. with the rest of the way it was going. I mean, they experimented when Colin Baker took over. They experimented with forty-five-minute episodes, and obviously now. It is 50 minutes. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's an established yeah. format with the new series. Um, but that first year when Colin Baker took over, I mean, I, that was that was the first year that I really, really remember very strongly because that's the first year that we had a video recorder. Ah, uh, right. So I taped that year. Yeah. Uh, so Colin Baker's first series, I know it inside out. And then, of course, they cancelled <laughs> it straight away. So I had like 18 months <laughs> to kind of watch those tapes again Change and again and idea. again. Then it seems not to be true. Let's go. Let's just talk about the, the end of, uh, of Peter Davison here. Yeah. Uh, obviously, for me, seeing Tom Baker change to Peter Davison, I already knew about regeneration. I was fascinated by yeah. it. And what a heroic end to Peter Davison's mm. era as a doctor. Yeah. He gives his life up to save. Perry. Yeah, his companion. Who, yeah. I actually really like Perry as a companion. No, I think she's a great Not character. just because of the fact that she's wearing the most... <laughs> yeah, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but the, the good... D- you know, the DVD of um, Caves of Vangiozani, not only is it a fantastic episode anyway, and it really is a good episode, mm. but the fact the make of that, where you see Connie Baker and Peter Davis in the studio together... Yeah. Uh, doing the regeneration scene, and it's funny when you go and watch that because Peter Davison looks strangely old. Yeah, I think I he was he tired, and I think it was—I mean, it was it, obviously a very emotional moment mm. as well. He was kind of handing on the mantle; he was leaving, and yeah. even though it was a decision that he decided to make, he decided that three years was enough. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's well, that's the fun thing. Cal mentioned just then about Patrick Troughton. It was mm. Patrick Troughton who advised Peter Davison to only do three years. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Patrick Troughton did three, and mm. when Patrick Troughton left, it was looking like the show could get cancelled. Yeah. So I mean, the War Games could well. Have do you think been it was the, the movement into colour? I think it was a movement. Into more I think they were actually, th- and I know that before we started, we were talking about Quatermass. Yeah. They were talking about doing a Quatermass revival, I think, in, in 1970, and there were various other things that they were mm. looking at. We went to ITV, Quatermass, and you've got, got, you've got, got some interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got some interesting thing about the, the creator, writer of Quatermass. Well, well Nigel Neal, you know, I, I think you probably agree, don't you? That he's one of the great sci fi we've, we've ever had. Yeah. And he. He wanted to write Doctor Who. I know people said, you know, Doctor Who fans said he wasn't a fan. He wasn't a fan, but he had an idea for it, mm. and he and he was turned down twice. One for reasons of budget, which you probably can understand, because he had a big scale, didn't he? Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, do you know? You think of that last quite a mass, the one on Earth, with the yeah, with the stone, with, with the stone, stone thing. It's a massive story, no, isn't it? Yeah. And Doctor Who wasn't. It was a. It just not wasn't. In that era. Not, no. when, <laughs> not when inflation was running round. I sort of can understand that. And then and the second time was that he didn't like what he did because he said it was too adult based. Mm. So I don't know. I just love to. Who, see who said it was too early? It was the who, 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 well, it was the person who was running the BBC at the time. Didn't want them kind of stories. Oh, right. Okay. Who well, was the, who was the director? Say, of the, when you look at the, you know, well there again. Well, I mean, that would have been a decision that was either made by the producer John Nathan Turner or the head of serials. Or I think it was the head of serials because right. okay. he never what, got what on. Year, with it. What year were you looking at then? For well, he, well, yeah, it was about it was the late seventies. Oh, right. It was when he was in America. It was when he was in America. Oh, when he was getting. Yeah, he was doing it all over there. And it just never took off for him in the States. Yeah. And he wanted to come back. And that was, he thought, I'll come back and do a doctor. And it never happened. Yeah. Mm. And then he just went into nothing then. It's the stone yeah. tapes because and stuff like that. Because it's interesting that, because obviously um, Nigel Neal is quite a distinctive voice. Uh, and it's interesting how much, how, whether there's a limit to how much you can involve people who've got distinctive voices in Doctor Who. I mean, Douglas Adams wrote a few Doctor mm. Who stories that are quite different to a Didn't lot Douglas of the Did Douglas Adams write he did. He wrote Shada. Yeah. He wrote mm-hmm. City of Death, which was finished. Which is um, City of Death, which is the four-part set in Paris. It's brilliant with the multiple copies of the Mona Lisa yeah. and this alien who's manipulating time so that he can kind of. Now get I should uh, point in point out here yeah. that the most important thing about City of Death. Uh, is <laughs> the fact that it doesn't feature David Frost. No, but it features John Cleese and Ellen yes. Bryan, who of course worked with David, David Frost. Oh, <laughs> got it in there. Excellent. <laughs> That's a zinger. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even have to prompt you to talk oh, about City of Death. Good. I've got it really. <laughs> well, actually, the City of Death, um, um, the production team of the new series of Doctor Who, they, they've said that that's, that was one of their inspirations. That energy, that mm. zip, that part. And it was actually the most popular Doctor Who story Wouldn't ever. it be good if you had another scene from the new Doctor Who series where Ellen Bryan and John Cleese were <laughs> have to say, this stuff is just timeless. And yes. then carried on walking. That's a familiar looking box. Yeah, that'd be, yes. that'd be a yeah. good nod to the uh, classic. Yeah. So we get we lose Peter Davidson yeah. because I think we're, we're going to talk about William Hartnell and Patrick Trent and then John Pertwee, obviously later yeah. on. One because I think there's almost like golden age of Doctor Who to yeah. a certain degree. But they'd also started to come back, hadn't they? Because the Five Doctors. Obviously, twentieth uh, anniversary course, show with Doctors, Peter Davidson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It had Patrick Trent in it. It had John Pertwee in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it had a clip of William Hartnell at the beginning. They recast William Hartnell with, with Richard, Richard Herndall, who, who I thought did a fantastic. Yeah, job. I mean, really he, did. He's not really. I mean, he's not William Hartnell, and he's not the first Doctor as I remember him. But no. as I obviously, when you watch the tapes, but it's a great performance. Does this? Do you think? I mean, I always thought because by then, of course, I knew about William Hartnell. I knew yeah. about you know, 
And when I went to watch The Five Doctors, not only did I love it, I mean, it was a groundbreaking It's a great, I mean, it's a great rock. It's, it's what every Doctor, I don't care what anyone says. It's the greatest hit album. Yeah, every it? Doctor Who fan. And even now, because we've still got Tom, we've still got Peter, okay, Peter's been time crash. And we've still got Colin Baker, although he's a little bit bigger, Sylvester <laughs> McCoy. A <and laughs> little bit bigger. <laughs> Actually, he is that somewhere. He's, uh, <laughs> he's bigger on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you, you know, you can still bring him back and you can get away with that. But if they didn't want to do it, there's nothing stopping, I don't think another actor I know it's a controversial thing to say Ooh. but it's you're not portraying Tom Baker well okay? Tom Baker portraying... actually is coming back he's doing a he's series doing... of audio no he's not doing it for big finishes he's, he's doing, not it for doing it for BBC but what? I don't, I'm not well sure I don't know what the details are about the contract and all that stuff but he's coming back so that's the real truth mm. almost, yeah. but it's not I mean Five Doctors you're well, to see did you hear what he wanted to do with that, those stories well probably have a talking cabbage on his head <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> some really? of the ideas <laughs> oh yes and then I come in and, uh... <laughs> it was ridiculous I mean I think uh, I listened to it on the Flash and Blade podcast where, yeah. the, where Tony was talking about it so just go down and then go back and listen to some of the Flash and Blade stuff <laughs> it's ridiculous what it was. and I think DW Online talk about it as well and you think yeah Tom's being a little bit he's back to yeah. you know, I mean even his performance self. in the, in the uh, Children in Need special Dimensions in Time I do. what is it now <laughs> my dears I can hear the heartbeat of a killer <laughs> I mean, it's just gonna, explain uh, what that is before we talk about okay, the heartbeat um, just slightly explain what okay, that is uh, d- okay multi-doctor stories have a bit of um, a reputation they can either be good or they can be bad I mean the three doctors as we've discussed you know not yeah. bad not bad a fairly mm-hmm. mainstream story just happens to have three doctors in it uh, the five doctors I awesome. see it very much as a greatest hits album you know mm-hmm. you're not going to get much out of it apart not the from extended them. version don't think there's much oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got um, then you've got the, the next year you got uh, the, the two doctors you, you got Conor Baker, Baker, Baker and Patrick yeah. came back and he said he loved coming back I, I so like much episode. he came back again with the Sontarans again yeah, those right, guys who made such an impression on me all the way back in 1970 um, and again, you know, that's meant to be a normal story. Mm. You know, it's just that they bumped into yeah. each other, which is yeah, a nice yeah. idea, really. Yeah, which can happen. Uh, and then, unfortunately, you get the Children in Need <laughs> special after the series finished, wasn't it? It was something like 92, was it? Something like that? Mm. Or 93? Yes, it was, I think it was. It was actually, I think, yeah, 93. It was around, I think it was around the 30th Yeah, because it was Noel's house party, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, and it's basically it was shot in 3D so they all have to the camera has to keep <laughs> moving around them it's yeah. this 3D light dark effect uh, and it's just nuts it's, it's just crazy it's rubbish there's some great moments in it and the great moments are I mean Pete Davison's back yeah. and, uh, and he he's, he's looks a little bit older there but John Pertwee yeah. who does his best <laughs> <laughs> I, <was gonna> <laughs> <say> <laughs> I love that <laughs> The thing that ruins it slightly is the fact that it's set around the EastEnders set. Yeah, right. it's like, you know, oh, so is it, it's Doctor Who meets EastEnders. So yeah. presumably oh, that God. means that Nigel, the EastEnders character, who's a Doctor Who fan, he's actually a visionary seer yeah. who yeah. sees into what goes on <laughs> on other planets. Sorry, but pedantic that, there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was, I mean, I actually watched that not long ago. Because yeah. it's, it's available on YouTube, just type in Dimensions in Time. But let's go back to um, The Five Doctors. <laughs> yeah. um, Tom Baker didn't want to do it, so no. they used his waxwork for the publicity. <laughs> yeah, board, which right. I must say, yeah, fooled me. And then they use clips from Sharda from Douglas Adams' yeah. unfinished story. So at the beginning and the end to bookmark to bookend his arrival and departure. So you know, pretty pretty good use. Did of you that. want those models of the Doctors when they put them on? The oh, weren't they great? Yeah. Oh, when they were they're... playing like it was like Trivial Pursuit, yeah. wasn't it? Around that giant kind of wedding cake. Of course, with every great moment in the Five <laughs> Doctors, there's some very poor ones. Sarah Jane. Oh, and falling down a hill. That's <laughs> yeah. like Sarah Jane <laughs> falling down the hill. Yeah, it's not a hill. No. It's a it's a slight slope. There's no need to get a winch out. 
and start pulling her up. <laughs> oh, no, you know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then also, kind of like, you know, mind probes are not things, not, you know, any line that. Ha- no, not the mind probe. You can never deliver that in the right way. No, not the mind probe. No, not the mind probe. No, no, not the mind probe. No, not the mind probe. It's kind of, you can't deliver a line like that ever. Yeah. <laughs> or, or. Focus. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Control it, my boy. <laughs> so, so yeah, but it, I mean, it's it is a bit like a kind of great sit down or a tour, isn't it? The obvious polystyrene rocks. Oh, you can have polystyrene rocks. Richard Herndl eating a sandwich. That's my dear. Yeah, you've got. I mean, you've, it is basically like a kind of. They're back on tour at the end of the. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like spinal tap reforming, basically, mm. isn't it? Yeah. But it's nice because it's a little window into the past. So we're beginning to get the past of Doctor Who's beginning to come through, and also they're starting to bring out at this point BBC videos. Yeah. So they bring out. I mean, they they would. I mean, they they didn't really know how to do it properly. So the first one they brought out, I think, was Revenge of the Cybermen, and wow. they brought it out with a picture of Tom Baker on the front, which is great, and a picture of an Earthshock Cyberman on the front, which is obviously designed Ooh. to annoy people. Ooh. Yeah, he says sounding increasingly pedantic. <laughs> uh, then they thought, yeah, let's bring out Brenham Morbius, but instead of bringing out all four episodes, uh, let's cut it down from an hour and forty to Ooh. about fifty-eight minutes. <gasps> so cut out all the good bits. Oh, I know. And then nice. so you know, and then of course they always turn them into movie versions, which yeah. kind of means they sag a little bit. Yeah. You don't get the cliffhangers. Which is, you, know, you need a you cliffhanger. Need the cliffhanger. That's what I always liked about Doctor Who. Yeah. Our, I shouldn't say our Doctor Who. It's classic Doctor, classic Doctor yeah. Who, shall we say. Um, where new enough all the episodes ended on some kind of cliffhanger. Yeah. And it reminded me back to going towards like the old um, Book Rogers series. Yeah. Serial. I think that's, that's missing now. Oh. I, mean, I know it's harder to do with them. The only way they've got it, they've got it in the pre-title sequences. That's about the only nonce yeah. cliffhanger they've still but it's got. Not, it's, I mean, it's, it is a cliffhanger, uh, but you know that only for like forty-five go. seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it can, it's fun. It's fun, but before, you know, before they yeah. put on that awful theme tune. So yeah, so Doctor Who's beginning to come back mm. from the past. So John Nathan Turner, when he says that memory cheats, you've got an alternative. Yeah, you can kind of prove that actually Doctor Who was good. Mm. I mean, you know, I like a lot of John John Nathan Turner stuff. Uh, but actually, you've got the past coming back now, and so I've got a. There's a set of early stories: Death of the Daleks, Robots of Death, Pyramids of Mars, mm. uh, which are all in the first batch. Revenge of the Cybermen, all yeah. in the first batch of videos that came out that I've watched to death because these guys you came out in eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I've got the mm. I've got the Death of the Daleks tape here, and it's. Um, yeah, nineteen eighty. It's in Roman numerals. It'll take me a moment. Eighty-seven. <laughs> I yeah. don't. I have no idea where mine are because yeah. I had the. Well, I mean, that's got, when you started watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, these yeah. are actually the first batch that you. you yeah, yeah. So you, Robots of Death with Tom Baker on the sand yeah. on the sand miner. Yeah, I, isn't that scary? Oh, I, 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 that's great. That's so I really remember it. He, 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 even the video case and everything. You're yeah, around, it's going funny, isn't it? Watching it's the it's the the. Obviously not the um not the official pop. It's the diamond. It's the Tom Baker. Yeah, it's the diamond. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's it's great that actually now you're starting to be able to see them. And around this time, I joined a Doctor Who fan club called the Hunatics. I was living in Warsaw, mm. and um, there were these guys. They'd meet in uh, in a room above a pub or in a kind of conference, you know, like the, the conference suite yeah. of the local hotel, that kind of thing. And we would get together and we would watch episodes of Doctor Who. Because obviously, you know, on the Pirate Network, there were all sorts of episodes knocking around. Yeah. This was in the days before BitTorrent and in the days before official BBC DVD releases. Uh, you had some on VHS, as I said, but um, if you wanted to see the really old stuff, you had to rely on pirate videos. So this mm. is stuff that either had been copied from the 16mm film prints yeah. and was black and white and wobbly as hell, or <laughs> taped from America, from where, they, where it's been shown on PBS yeah. stations. And Australia as well. And Australia. Yeah. So sometimes mm. you'd be watching it, and it would, and like you'd have the Australian rating would come up in the corner, like you know PG or something yeah. like mm. that, you know, or G. 
But the funny thing is, though, is that these kind of pirate stuff and these copies yeah. are the stuff that is now being used to bring back Doctor Who that, of course, was wiped by the BBC. Absolutely. I mean, a load of episodes wiped that, um, you know, once the tapes were, were mm. thought to be of no further use and there was no way of actually... I mean, it's a crime. I mean, that, that never happened because everything's um, bought on digital anyway. But, yeah. 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 I mean, it was very short-sighted, but mm. I think... Okay, you can sort of forgive them for, for not seeing that there's a future in this material. Um, what you can't forgive them for is, is sort of when it became clear that people wanted it. There was yeah. a period in the mid-70s, early, early mid-70s, when it was still being wiped and tapes and films were still being junked when Doctor Who fans were trying to buy them and things like that. And that was that's a bit bit harsher, I think. And that's almost kind of sums up to a certain degree the BBC in, in essence where... Mm. Um, well, it's what we've talked about before. I think yeah. sometimes you know, they think above themselves. In, in but the thing is, no. Doctor, Who, <laughs> Doctor Who was such a long-running phenomenon Mm. that its original run from 1963 to 1989 such a long period of time that obviously any champions that it had at various points were going to move on mm. so actually when you've got something that's there for a long time it is very difficult I think for management to get excited about it yeah. because it's not new it's not fresh it's not exciting mm. unless you actually make it like that and particularly that was John Nathan Turner's problem yeah. that he couldn't leave without taking without closing the show down so it became it, it started to get a little bit well, a little bit stale. stale. I mean, I think the people. I read something the other day where um, someone was describing Doctor Who and said that actually Doctor Who started to go rubbish during the Peter Davison era, and I disagree with that because mm-hmm. although I think towards the later end of Peter Davison's era, it was, you know, he was, he was getting I, tired. The story's getting, he, but it has. I think one of in Davison's era, one of the most shocking moments in Doctor Who history. We know the Doctor sees death. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, it's now quite everywhere he walks is death around yeah. him, but. It's the first time you see someone close to him die, and that's Adric. Yeah, I mean, Adric's death at the end of Earth Shock is, is a real... I mean, you know, he, he flies into Earth and it's a bit of a shock, so... Mm. Yeah, no time for a Worst story. special yeah, effects, yeah, exactly, yeah. I know. Yeah, absolutely stationary spaceship exploding mm. with a picture of the Earth Of course, that's as well when the first time when, when um, it's Nissa and Tegan mm. turn around and say, well, let's go back yeah, and go and back explain And he why explains the reason why he can't. There's points yeah. in history, points in time. Yeah, the fixed you points. Fires yeah. of Pompeii, was, yeah. that was brought up in the new. But the problem is that even those moments... Like that, and I, I respect the, the Peter Davison era. I think it's very strong, mm. and I think the problem came a little later. I think I like Colin Baker, and uh, I think Colin Baker wasn't really given a chance. I think cancelling, no. changing the format to forty-five minutes for me at that age, it it wasn't right. Twenty-five minutes was exciting, you know, it's just the right yeah. bite-sized. Good actor as well, Colin Baker, yeah, great, really good actor, actor. really well-established yeah. yeah. and we know that now from mm. the CDs yeah. and all that. That he, not just a great actor as well, but a great actor as amazing. the doctor, yeah. 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 you know. Mm. Not not rated that highly at the time. I mean, my wife says when we want to watch a uh, you know a DVD, she she says she says to her friends kind of yeah, you makes me watch Colin Baker DVDs. Yeah, <laughs> Colin Baker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit harsh, uh, <laughs> but um, but I think the problem was they shifted it around too much. It was basically yeah. the change of format. Then they cancelled it. Then they brought it back. They cut down the episodes. They went for this trial of a time lord thing. Fourteen which episodes, not so which long. was long. Oh. Which was like, I mean. How would you feel if you tuned in and it came up? Kind of trial of a time lord. Oh yeah, great. We'll yeah. Watch this part thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to go right now. Forget about yeah. that. Too Forget far into that. it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I always um, had a thing with Colin Baker. Yeah. Where I mean, uh, I I loved how dark he was at the beginning because once again, regeneration regenerations don't yeah. go well. Never have done. And he tries to kill Perry. Mm-hmm. And you, but you suddenly see that there's a relationship between those yeah. two that does build up really well. That's the problem. They didn't have time to build a relationship. You need to be a bit more subtle about it, I think, than they mm. were in that first yeah. Colin Baker story. Because mm. the problem is, you've got to want to spend time with the Doctor. Mm. So making him an anti-hero is fine, mm. but you've got to show that there's something under that. I mean, when we were talking about Patrick Troughton earlier, there's a darkness there, 
but you also kind of like you want to be with yeah. him don't you mm. William Hartnell particularly at the beginning he behaves like a right curmudgeon Ooh, yeah. but you want to be you want to find out what's going to go on next exactly yeah. Colin mm. Baker's doctor that coat yeah. I mean it just makes you not want to yeah, spend yeah, any time so, well, let's, let's just have a look at it here we have the figure of Colin Baker which to be fair he's got good hair there as well he has his great hair what was going on with that hair in the later he's that's a traditional Doctor Who thing I mean look at John Pertwee's hair starts off quite normal because of massive blue form by the end Pertwee is an enigma though we find out about Peter Davison's not leak uh, celery stick because it's it's, oh, it's uh, yeah you know it helps him with his poisonous gases. What's with the cat? What's with the cat badge? Well, I mean, he said that. I mean, he, he's the cat that walks in eternity. Oh, yeah. that's I not mean, the reason, okay. is it? Okay, slightly more <laughs> worrying that you can have a cat badge if you like cats. That's fine. Question marks on the collar. Well, yeah. that came in with Take, Tom Baker. Yeah, I know. Same with Tom Baker, but only mm. in his last series. Again, it's the John. It's John yeah. Nathan Turner trying to brand the show. Turn Does that them bother you too much, though, with the question marks? Because I always wanted okay. a shirt with question marks on the colours. Yeah, but the problem is, it's it becomes a costume rather than something he's wearing. That's what That's, I like yeah, it's an idea. about it's so the new series. Yeah. I like the fact that Tennant wears different outfits, different costumes, that kind of thing. There's a phone and. Uh, <laughs> That's not my phone. No, it's, it's Colin Baker. <laughs> it's Colin Baker. Baker. Where's Stop that? It's Colin Baker's <laughs> agent on the phone. <laughs> or it could be the cult, the, the cult of the Colin Baker that's going on uh, at the moment. There is a religious thing called. Oh, is there really? Excellent. The well, cult of Colin Baker. Check out Facebook. It's on there. Yeah. But then the question marks. I mean, when. Sylvester McCoy turns up, the question marks go nuts. No, don't boo him. Don't boo him. Honestly. Yeah, I'll boo him. Honestly. No, what, what are you booing him for? Ace. Okay. Okay. Ace. Yes. Ace. Oh, okay. The first best. Okay. Ace. Ace basically is the most middle class Cockney kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Straight I think out. Of the Sophie Aldridge. God, I did have yeah. the heart for Sophie. Aldridge. No, I mean, I, I like Sophie Aldridge. I mean, she seems like a really nice awesome. person. Oh, she is. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, yeah, I like the idea of what they're trying to do with that character. Take it in another direction. A little bit different. You know, she's got explosive. She's a bit streetwise. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. She calls him the professor. <laughs> a bit middle class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so you were booing Ace rather than Sylvester McCoy there. Yeah. Because I really like Sylvester popular. McCoy. Popular, His big finish stuff yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Really enjoyed yeah. it. Oh, and I'm still listening to your CDs, thank you very much. Oh, right. fair, <laughs> enough, fair enough. Couldn't uh, stand the Rani either. The Rani? Well, she was only into, she <laughs> yeah, only into yeah. stories. And so. Mel. <laughs> and Mel. Yeah, but again, Bonnie Langford's one of these characters. Boo. Very controversial. Bonnie Langford. Boo! Yeah. No, I'm not a massive fan of Bonnie Langford. The problem is. A boo! No, I'm not going to. No, I mean, the thing. <laughs> the problem is it's not just about the performance itself it's also about what it makes people think about the show now whatever you think of the new show since it's come back it's yeah. been handled marvellously it's a ratings winner people yeah. want to mm-hmm. be associated with it it's a success it's yeah. doing really well and part of that is all the PR that people like Russell T Davis do around it dragging mm-hmm. people in even giving out spoilers the front mm-hmm. covers of the Radio Times mm-hmm. revealing things of this stuff yeah like which is all deliberate but, let's face yeah, it yeah yeah deliberate mm-hmm. problem is when you cast someone like Bonnie Langford mm-hmm. good as she is good as she is good as she is I mean you know if you actually didn't know about Bonnie Langford and didn't know she had a kind of history of, I mean you know Mel, Mel as a kind of character is fine there's not an awful lot about her but there are worse kind of actors in Doctor Who over Catherine its 29 K. years it's the same character isn't it the problem it's not the same character at all you're comparing a, a girl in her early 20s <laughs> wait, no, wait comparing till, wait her to a bitter twisted <laughs> woman in her 30s who the Doctor saves through anyway what yeah, 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 yeah. anyway anyway um the problem is it's what it says about the show and it yeah. makes it look like a light entertainment show now I must I must, I, I will admit here now straight away that I have not seen any mm. Sylvester McCoy Doctor Who since, since it, was it was broadcast okay. so I and you know I was actually not even the film with uh, Edit Roberts 
that's different. We'll talk about that. <laughs> later. Um, I, although I, I was very tempted to go and buy Survival the other week. Yeah, um, no, I, I want. There's, there's quite a few things like I want to yeah. go, but I haven't got. If, if you look at there, because like the moment, I'm working that, yeah. my well, I'm my Doctor Who yeah. collection around regeneration, uh, and then I'm building okay. into Fine. them okay. kind of thing. What you probably should do is work around retail price. Because yeah, yeah, at the yeah. moment, well, at the moment, the baby really cheap DVDs. Retail, it's like the yeah. four ninety nine and things like that. Now. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, go, instead of the expensive, anyway. Um, so you got you got Sylvester McCoy. They're yeah. trying to do different things with Sylvester McCoy. They're trying to make him darker. Trying to make his character more interesting. That mm. kind of thing. Um, but it's a bit of a spiral. Yeah, plan. he doesn't have a chance, does yeah. he? Who made his umbrella? I do that. I think you can buy them. Yeah, yeah, but who would have made that umbrella? That's the problem. It becomes, it's the wrong kind of icon. You know, you want to be able to recognise the Doctor, but. Mm. It's too much of a brand. It yeah. becomes too I mean, I, I think up to Davidson, really. I mean, even Davidson's coat is is quite ridiculous, really, when you look yeah. at it. I mean, yeah, we know he's a, he's a Victorian man. Doctor Who is always, well, the Doctor is always about being Victorian in essence. Yeah. Um, there's always that Victorian I mean, I, elegance to it. Yeah. His clothing I mean, that's what I thought was so interesting about Chris Eccleston, is the fact they went in a completely different, different direction well, with him. I, I have a theory on that. Yeah. And I think because if you look at um, Davidson, Baker, both Bakers, um, not so much Troutonish, uh, but definitely John Pertwee. The Victorianism is always yeah. there in the clothes. It's always a long coat. Yeah, it is with Georgian. Yeah. Now, yeah. the reason is, is that Eccleston character is still in battle dress. Yeah, so he's still wounded. He's, he's still, still a he's still wearing. You know, yeah. you're not going to run over. If you're in a war, you don't want a long oh, coat on because you're going to get caught on stuff. And that that's mm. just my theory on it. That's why Eccleston's doctor is so dark. So let's just um, we'll go from Sylvester McCoy into yeah. the TV, uh, the TV movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so from Sylvester McCoy, let's just go straight into Doctor Who, the movie, the joint project between BBC and America. Was it, NBC? it was Universal, I think. Universal, Universal made it, it was broadcast on Fox, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think Sylvester McCoy got paid more for his uh, <laughs> short appearance in the TV movie than he actually got paid for the whole of his last series of the BBC. <laughs> that was a rumour I heard, obviously, on no mm. possible way. It's probably proving. believable, that probably believable. <laughs> um, And I think even people who weren't that hot on Sylvester McCoy, they really rated his performance yeah. in, that, in that TV Beautiful movie. Beautiful opening scene. Yeah. I mean, one, you get to see the master, which is quite yeah. clearly Anthony Ainsley's master yeah. though it's not him because obviously uh, it's oh, had he Tipple. died by then uh, no he's still alive I think still alive, yeah. um, but okay the big problem with the start of TV movie though is that you've got this enormous cavernous space and then they cut to a picture of this, this flying box in space mm. and if you don't know Doctor Who you don't connect the two No, you've got to no. use that connection in a meaningful way I mean even when Catherine Tate turned up um, at the beginning of the third series fourth series of Doctor Who mm. of the new, yeah yeah that's right, yeah, 14. Oh, the, the special. No, sorry, special. Special, yeah. that's why I was getting um, confused there. Christmas in the, no, 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 Runaway, the Runaway Bride. Bride. When she yeah. turns up there, she sees the inside of the TARDIS first, and then she, she gets freaked out, spaceship, all right, okay. Yeah. Then she runs outside, and then she gets freaked out by the fact it's smaller on the outside, yeah, not bigger on the inside. Yeah, no, right. Right. So, unless you establish that connection mm. and actually do something emotional with it for a character, what's the point? Now, mm. for, from a Doctor Who's point of view, yeah. obviously, it's extremely exciting for us mm. to get. New Who uh, from seven years on a high years. budget as well. Yeah, and the first thing we see to so we know what's going on is the inside of the TARDIS. And the yeah. TARDIS had changed its appearance on the inside about three or four times. Yeah, I mean most of the times there were subtle changes. I mean obviously yeah. there was that year when they ran when they had Tom Baker had a, a wood panel control yeah. room which was meant to be the back the secondary console the secondary room. Console room. Um, with a shaving mirror. Yeah, you want a shaving mirror when you're travelling through time <laughs> and space. Yeah. You know. we, don't need, we don't need any kind of... Uh, no, no, no like uppy downy no, kind of stuff. Could you just go back to before he had the beard, though? 
Never have a beer. Just keep going back in time. And be, oh, I'm going to go back now. Do you want me to draw? Do you want me to draw you a diagram about shaving and relative timelines <laughs> and how you should never shave? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what's your general feeling about a TV movie? Because at the time, it was a massive disappointment for me. It was a uh, big disappointment. But what about if you wasn't a Doctor Who fan, though? If it was a Doctor I, I Who quite fan. enjoyed it. I've got to if say, it I was, enjoyed yeah. It. I mean, my my, my wife, uh, <laughs> yeah. she rather likes it. Yeah, it's well made. Well made. Yeah, it, it rattles along. A good outfits. Good outfits. Yeah. Actually, yeah. That, that might be but, a nice thing too. I might be yeah. for my wife because I don't think she's in it, and she's not an overly great fan of Doctor Who. Okay. The problem is, it's trying to do two different things. It's trying to introduce Doctor Who to a new audience, which is fine, but it's also so many references to the past in there that it just kind of you're kind of well if you didn't get them it's like well why is he doing that why is he doing yeah. that neither fish nor fowl exactly it, mm. and the only moment for me when it comes alive that I mean Paul again brilliant yeah he's absolutely brilliant. stunning mm-hmm. you know yeah. he really got the Doctor nailed really quickly I mean he's yeah. not on screen even that much even within the 90 minutes of yeah, it you know, I think it's less than half or something like anyway um, there's the bit when he when he puts on the shoes you know and he's walking yeah, down yeah. by the river yeah, yeah. and then he just suddenly goes ah and she, yeah. and Grace says, "What?" He goes, "These shoes, they really fit." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like that is the Doctor, yeah, yeah. and that's what I wanted to see more of. Yeah. And I thought, but it turns the, into a kind of yeah, uh, yeah, an action adventure. Yeah. And the, tru- uh, the, the trouble for me is, um, oh, there's a real bad thing in it. There's a really bad, really, really crime. It's awful. It's uh, half dear. human. He's, oh, he's, that. He's yeah, yeah. We don't human. talk about that. Ex- there you go. That's how <laughs> I know. What is that it all is. about? Where did that come from? I have no idea. Is well, it why? Because it's America that won a bit of vulnerability. He's got to relate. Yeah. 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 They need a link to, yeah. uh, to human yeah. Or he might die. He could die. I don't even mind. And I know a lot of people went absolutely mad about it when he ends up kissing his assistant. Oh, that's fine. I don't care about that. That's kind of That's a kiss of joy. That's a kiss I mean, every time that he's ever kissed anybody, it's all always been kind of a plot exposition purposes yeah. whether he's sucking vortexes out of them or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, theme tune is uh, rubbish yeah not very good it's a bit bizarre it's the second verse theme tune third oh. verse theme tune oh okay Maybe are you including the, the uh, oh really what about uh, do you, what about the the, the, uh, the spoingy version off the alternate version of uh, oh, I don't mind so you don't mind that so one you like a bit of it's a bit of a okay cool so we briefly have Paul McGann only for a for one night only and you yeah. think he would have made a really good Doctor Who in the series? Yeah, I think he would have. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think uh, was, you was, was it ever, why didn't he, was he asked? Was it, was uh, no, it was just basically it wasn't popular enough in America. It mm. went up against a series finale of Roseanne and well, it <laughs> didn't, hit, uh, didn't hit the numbers. Yeah, because so, yeah, the series finale of Roseanne, I'm sure... Oh, that could have been the big now, does Dan die in it, or does that, do you have a big heart attack? I mean, basically, that's all the all the viewers are watching that. Yeah. And the yeah. problem is, the BBC, um, it was partly they haven't got the money, and partly they haven't got the wheel. Yeah. It was again, it's this thing, and they don't have a champion for it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and the TARDIS is isn't right either. Dimension. Right <laughs> <laughs> the flop's not it's right. Big enough. Wrong colour. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you're you're going to be all right with Stephen Moffat, then, aren't you? Yeah. Kind of like you remember, and you you know the joke in. Blink and the new, in the one yeah, he wrote yeah, with Weeping yeah. Angels, the where aren't, the windows aren't right, and it's actually you know, a little. So he's going to redesign it. Slightly, although, apparently. although just slightly diverting from as we normally really, do, really as we do. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the one of the episodes of the Sarah Jane adventures in which she finds a police mm. box. 
what's going on there? That's not even a decent prop. I mean, I could have at least <laughs> borrowed the one from Wales. Anyway, so um, we only have briefly have Paul yeah, McGann. And then if back anyone the, go yeah. can get, please do go and get the big Finnish uh, uh, productions of yeah. Paul McGann. Because yeah, it, and it the first couple, I mean, the, the, and I really again, like Sheridan Smith as well. Yeah, no, they're really good. good. Um, the problem again, the Paul McGann um, uh, discs, they tend to, once he gets into that alternate universe, it starts to go off a little bit for me. Zagreus yeah. and all that mm. kind of stuff. Little no, bit I'm, I'm slowly getting into your the, kind of all these kind right of okay you'll notice that actually the, the collection of cds that i lent you kind of starts to peter out around that zagreus is zagreus zagreus uh, which is really interesting yeah but but it's, it's a little, little bit uh, yeah there's yeah. too much going on uh anyway but again mm -hmm. that's a reference to an entirely another version of doctor who that's out there that's happening in parallel yeah. i mean obviously at the time it was a replacement you know the series had been cancelled the tv movie had been one night only there was mm -hmm. no chance of it coming back so when big finish got the license for the bbc to make original audio cds Brilliant. What a great idea. Now, before we get into New Doctor Who and for Kel to explode... Now I'm not going <laughs> You're looking very relaxed. Jill, no, so. Jill, we're, we're gonna, let's just go back to the very beginning of Doctor yeah. Who in a strange kind of timey-wimey kind of way uh, and talk about William Hartnell. Now, yeah. William Hartnell was um, a well-known actor, stage actor and film yeah. actor. He'd but he'd done. never played a part like the Doctor before. He'd no, always, he'd always played, played kind of grouchy, majors, so Yeah, I mean, uh, he was in the uh, Hell Drivers. Uh, yeah, your, uh, that film you awesome rate with film. Patrick McGowan is. Yeah, yeah, sure. That was on the telly. It's a great film. I mean, it's an awesome film. I mean, it's going back to 1957, yeah. so it's just before Patrick McGowan started doing Danger Man. Yeah. And uh, he'd done Brand, obviously. Um, but William Hartnell is awesome in that program. Absolutely brilliant in it. And he suddenly gets given his part of Doctor Who. Well, he came out the sport, this sporting life. Yeah, the uh, the film where he plays the sports coach, the rugby coach, yeah, um, or rugby manager, kind of coach manager, kind of thing. And the interesting, thing, I think he was only fifty five when he was cast as Doctor Who. You think of him as, as the Doctor, you think yeah. of him as much older, don't yeah. you? But he's wearing a wig, and you know, in the old days, people tended to look older. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think he was the oldest Doctor, but um, but not as old as, as as he appears. No, no, no not very and old. I think the unfortunate thing we've uh, we've Hartnell's era is that he's most well known for fluffing his lines which I think is a bit of a shame because yeah. when actually when you go back and watch um, it's his not episodes it really isn't that bad I, if you didn't know that you wouldn't yeah. even notice it you just think of it is this this dodgy old bloke he's an old guy yeah. he is a brilliant actor oh, one awesome, of the things yeah. that he does that is so great he knows where the camera is yeah uh, his thing was always the fingers in front of the face. You know, he'd always be gesturing, and he wore that great blue ring, which kind of yeah. really glinted off the off the lights. And it was always that he always knew how big to make his actions because mm. that's television. It's not cinema. Yeah. You don't have a big canvas, particularly with a black and white four o five line muzzy TV yeah. picture that might not be tuned in properly on your old Bakelite telly. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be. Or the smell of Bakelite. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I love the smell of Bakelite in, in the morning. morning. <laughs> uh, there's nothing on in the morning, but I love the smell of Bakelite in the morning. Um, so, so yeah, so he's really strong on a, a really, really strong performance, and also you don't know where he's going. No, uh, the importance of an unearthly child. Now, the, on the DVD, there's actually two versions of that. There's yeah, the, the unbroadcasted pilot yeah. version, which was basically the camera track version, yeah. and which isn't really an awful lot of difference in it. No, I think they warmed the characters up slightly. Yeah. They kind of introduced the Victorian thing because he was wearing more conventional clothing. Yeah. I think in the, in the version. Uh, you've seen unearthly child, haven't you? You've seen the, the very first. Episode. Yeah, yeah, you've shown it me. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Considering. That this program is broadcast on the 23rd of November 1963. It's early 60s. It's, it's 
not people don't know what to expect from no. it. Well, when, when I first, when I, well, obviously didn't see it through them eyes. Obviously, no, no. when I first saw it, I was quite bleak. Mm. Yes, well, it would have been uh, when you think about uh, it. And yeah. I thought, you know, right up my bag because I was. Oh, I love stuff like that. It's basically an alien abduction program. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the story yeah. of an alien abduction. Yeah, yeah. that's why I loved it. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing that always sticks in my head as well is the opening shots of that down Tottenham's Lion, yeah. where the policeman's walking by, and as you say, it's very bleak. I, I mean, love 1963. That. It's, mm. we, Britain is still suffering from the war in a certain degree. You know. Mm-hmm. It's hard struggle, it's a hard life, and you get these programs suddenly come on. But then you get the swinging 60s stuff comes in with Susan. Yeah. You know, she's there listening to uh, little radio yeah. and she's getting into it. And Although there is a strange, I, I think um, uh, Caroline Ford, yeah. the actress, yeah. plays that role so she's brilliant. I mean, she was cast for her kind of a, slightly alien look, wasn't she? Yeah, she's got those yeah. kind of beautiful And she's got that kind of like, and she's doing and that, that slight of, dance. She's got that kind of Vidal Sassoon bob and she's doing the weird thing with her hands. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Awesome. Uh, and then you go straight from that. Ru- from her being kind of you know the 60s in, in that environment mm. suddenly they're thrown back into the stone age which yeah. a lot of people say oh yeah Mercy Child I love the first episode you know second, third and fourth it's just a load of people grunting in, in, in you know in furs but actually it's still got a decent plot yeah. can and I ask you what you, your opinion is of, of actually Susan as classed as the granddaughter do you think that um, it's the granddaughter as a biological point of view granddaughter or do you think it's more of a granddaughter that it's Doctor. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we don't. I know. think we should just I mean, point that's out the, here the history of. Yeah. Not too much because we can't go into it. The basis of the, the Doctor is um, he's run away from his home planet, which yeah. you don't get to know. He's nicked the TARDIS. He's stolen the TARDIS, which is a uh, Type 40 TT capsule, yeah. normally referred to as not as a TARDIS, but as the ship. And Susan states that she actually named it. Now, uh, Geek them in shoes. Is that yeah. dealer who actually in real life named the TARDIS? Uh, I'm going to have to pass on that one. Anthony Coburn, the guy who oh, wrote the guy it. Who wrote it. Right. Yeah. Okay. He came up with the name of that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I like to think that she actually is the granddaughter of this guy. I like to think that there is uh, a son or a daughter of the doctors out I mean, there you know, well, well there is now as well yeah well there is now so he's um, not letting his pencil then <laughs> yeah well I mean the whole it's, I mean the thing is you're talking about you're talking about a TV movie and how making him half human is a kind of way of, of diminishing him and making him vulnerable. Yeah. Um, the fact is that when he was first written, he was written as an alien, mm. but we don't know how alien. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no reference to him having two hearts. You know, it's not one of these shows where they've got a complicated backstory worked out originally. It's just basically a mystery, like a yeah. Spock, where you know, yeah, he's, exactly. you know, you know that he's designed to be half human. Yeah, That's yeah. the function of his character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kirk is designed to be impulsive. That's the function of his character. Yeah, yeah. With the Doctor, we just don't know. He's a, he's an absence really in, in effects. That's why those first stories they're all focused on Barbara and Ian, mm. the school teachers, and Susan to a certain extent. The Doctor is this kind of mystery. I mean, that's why the show's called Doctor Who, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's you know, so also, so th- these things are revealed bit by bit, and it's yeah. not, and it's also not written by the same person for twenty eight years. No. So it's going to be different. It's going to go in different directions. So it's really up to you whether you believe that she's his biological granddaughter, whether she's the granddaughter of an ancient mm. Gallifreyan who he might be a reincarnation of, or whatever. It's entirely up to you. Because there is an episode in, uh, I think it's a Tom Baker episode where mm. he's talking about his regeneration. I can't remember who it is maybe you can fill us on this where you suddenly see his past regeneration you're thinking of the brain of Morbius yeah. and then and when there's, there's the flashbacks another, another and it, goes, it goes back further yeah. yeah but so the thing is that was a joke on the part of the production team mm. you know so are you going to take that as red or is that meant to be Morbius Again, or is that meant talking to be, about canon though, is that it? the doctor lying with his brain yeah kind of like getting you know trying to get the exactly. Davison would have been the 13th regeneration if that's yeah. good yeah. now the TARDIS you just said is obviously the but then brain of Morbius was before Deadly Assassin when they established that 13 was 
the maximum. Yeah. So they hadn't even thought about. Well, of course, we've, yeah, and we've already. Yeah. Thirteen may not be exactly. Yeah, so you know, yeah, anyway. um, Newman and Verity Lambert. Your thoughts? Yeah, great team. I mean, Sydney Newman. You, you couldn't get two people who were more different. Sydney Newman, a brash Canadian, you know, <laughs> coming from the American school of, of television. You know, kind of just get it done. Kind of you mm. know all that kind of stuff. Uh, guy who invented the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, and then Verity Lambert, a very young producer, obviously really. Mm. Really smart. responsible for casting. Yeah, responsible. Uh, but it also, equally, it showed that the BBC didn't really have massively high hopes for this. That they gave mm. it to a very young woman. Yeah, I mean, it was fairly, fairly unheard of to have female producers. Oh, d- uh, yeah. You know, in, in that another era. example of how groundbreaking this TV exactly, series yeah. is. Uh, and actually, the first director was an Asian guy. So, yeah. um, you know, the fact that actually you've got groups of people who were marginalised in the BBC making this show, yeah. uh, which is which is which is great. I mean, Warris Hussain did a brilliant job, and. Um, and I think you know he directed several. I think he directed some Marco mm. Polo as well. The, the, the next year, yeah, which is uh, yeah. on the on Earthly Child DVD. Is it yeah, the same? That's right. It? Yeah. Uh, interesting thing here as well is that uh, it was a few years ago that um, Scotland Yard, well, the Metropolitan Police, took the BBC to court yeah, for right. rights regarding the Tardis and lost. Yeah, they did because it was established in the in the public mind that actually a, tar- a, a police box means Doctor Who. Yeah, which I mean, obviously for you, with that being the icon of Doctor <laughs> Who, that must be <laughs> with, tip yeah, top. Yeah. Now and then you've got, but then you've got other things in the public mind. I mean, the Daleks, which is what saved Doctor Who, you yeah. know, gave it its lease of life. Is now it was in the dictionary, wasn't it? In the mm. OED, you can look up Dalek. Yeah. And because the BBC don't own the rights to the Daleks, do they? Terry Nation, Terry Nation, yeah. 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 My favourite because I love Survivors. Yeah. Yes, Survivors. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Blake Seven again. Yeah, yeah. great writer. Yeah. So we go from William Hartnell. Now, the, obviously, when William Hartnell decides to leave, we talked about Patrick Tryon. That was a really big gamble for the BBC. It was, to and do. they did try to. Re- they, they were thinking about various ways of replacing him. In the Celestial Toymaker, the the TARDIS gets kidnapped and taken into this kind of realm, this mystic realm. I it's would kind of love to see the that first see kind episode. of time they do kind of something oh. a bit quirky and mm. weird. I mean, from time to time, Doctor Who just goes off on one and does something yeah. mental. Uh, but they do this thing where they go into this mystic realm where it's, it's governed by this guy, the toy maker, who makes them all play games. And if they fail, he'll shrink them down and turn them into dolls. It's yeah, quite sinister, played really. by Michael Michael um, Goff, who played who, who was for a long time yeah. as Alfred in the Batman yeah, films yeah, in the yeah, first yeah, set of Burton Tim Burton's films. Mm. Um, and he, he, the doctor's made invisible. He's cursed with this invisibility. <laughs> he was on holiday. <laughs> yeah, he was on holiday because that's what used to happen. He yeah, was offside yeah, forty-eight yeah. weeks of the year. Yeah. So he's made invisible. So our idea was that when he came back from invisibility, they might have replaced the actor. Uh, yeah. They didn't do that in the end. Uh, what they did, they went. They didn't call it regeneration though. No, they just no. changed. They they had him kind of say, "Oh, you know, um, this body's wearing out a bit." Falls to the floor, glows a bit, and when he stands up. Patrick Trout Patrick Trout now we've already talked a bit about Patrick Trout so we don't yeah. really need to go uh, much into him um, and as we said earlier on about the tapes being what unfortunately there's not a lot of Patrick no, Trout in episodes no. out there there's a nice little compilation DVD called Lost in Time which is worth getting hold of and I do like the way that Cosgrove Hall have been doing some of the animation versions of that yeah they, uh, they animated. if we can't have real life stuff let's have animation yeah because the great thing is that we've got the soundtracks Mm. and the soundtracks are there because fans recorded them off air now why did they put microphones next to the tellies in the 60s I used to do I used to do it with theme tunes I I built up such a huge I mean you remember the what does that say about me (laughs) where Kel was saying man I've got this great Black Sabbath CD and there's me do you want to listen to my Hawaii 5-0 I've got Falcon's Crest listen to this there's someone having their head cut off on a guillotine oh have you got that one yeah, I've got that one. 
That's brilliant. I've got that one in CD. Uh, I tell you, I've also got. I know you asked me to provide some sound effects. Yeah. This, and unfortunately, the Cloister Bell was the only one that I got on CD use, yeah. that was, was usable. But the, there was a great LP, a vinyl LP. It's got a picture of TARDIS on the front of the title sequence. Uh, BBC Sound Effects Volume Seventy Eight or something like that. And it's Doctor <laughs> Who sound effects. And it's all oh, from the Tom Baker yeah. era. Unfortunately, I don't. I haven't got the CD release. No, but I, it's I, great. I, 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 I have, sit there. And yeah. If I, I want the soundtrack, is I want the soundtracks as Sea Devils. That's my old. I had it. Do you remember I had that? Ready, my techno. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Before we go into the scene, yeah, let's I love talk, that. Well, this uh, nice link, Mr. Yeah, I love yeah, the yeah, Sea Devils. Devils. John Pertwee. Yeah, absolutely. Now, John Pertwee. Full colour. <laughs> Full colour. Yes. Comes out, as we said, nearly smashed the tires before we yep. out there. And the difference between John Pertwee, obviously, is the fact that one, but not only do we bring in Unit, yeah. uh, with uh, the, the, the brilliant uh, uh, left bridge Stewart played yeah. by uh, Nicholas Courtney. Nicholas Courtney. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Still, you know, still a stalwart of Doctor Who. Appeared yeah. in the Sarah Jane Adventures last year. Yes, yeah. did, didn't he? He did, yeah. And so we get, and of course, he's virtually earthbound. Now, a lot of this yeah. was one production cast. So there was a few strikes in the BBC at that point. Uh, of, there's that classic new Blue Peter. Yeah, that's a second yeah. in, the, in, in the, the robots. In, yeah, yeah, in yeah, the robots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, your thoughts on John Pertwee let's just leave. John Pertwee is the action adventure he's the James Bond version <laughs> yeah. of of, uh, of Doctor Who now Cal I always and I, I think I'm right that John Pertwee for you is one of your favourite doctors he's my favourite he's your favourite he's my favourite not for just because of the fact that he goes no no he had a sense of the theatrics about him and that's what I want from him that's why I don't like the modern one but there you go we'll talk about that in a bit but I just love I love this outfit I love the way he, you Do know. You want to get dressed up in it, maybe? <laughs> I'd love to get that. I was really good at really yeah, 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 really cool. uh, yeah. just, I just, no, I just love the way he was really. He looked, I like, he spoke down to people as well. Yeah. And he, he was. But I'm above think, all, yeah. Yeah. Do you not think that that arrogance, though, sometimes kind of went a little bit over the top and that actually <laughs> effectively he's becoming a bit of an establishment <laughs> yeah, he was he definitely was yeah. wasn't he yeah, yeah, he wasn't was. it? because his, yeah. his whole persona of Doctor Who was that he was the established he was speaking through I mean he worked at that point he says he works for Unit because now he denies that he ever worked for Unit because <laughs> he worked for Unit under the name mm. of John Smith yep you know and so you're getting this kind of like a, a doctor where I mean imagine being John Perry being your first doctor mm. where you're actually seeing a guy who's working on Earth you know, yeah. but he's he must be said he doesn't actually do that much work, does he? No, no. I mean most of the time it's kind of like, oh, there's this on BBC Three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go off and see that. BBC. Th- well, I this is that. this is where <laughs> we get the sudden change of time where you're not 100 percent sure when John yeah. Pertwee's Doctor is set. Yeah. yeah, I mean the thing is they they meant it to be the near future. I mean that's mm. the whole thing. And then they go and cock it up magnificently by having Sarah Jane say that she's from 1980. Yeah. And then when yeah. John Nathan Turner's the, the producer having a, st- a series set in, a serial set in 1977, so before that. So I reckon mm. it's due to uh, a temporal nexus point on Earth and <laughs> or, flexibility and uh, bad calendars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, of course, the reverse polarity. Of oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Is which, he, which, again, like Billy Scotty, and play it again, play yeah, play it again he Sam. didn't say it, did he? You know, he only, I think he said it once in, in the Sea Devils, yeah. when you could hear him after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. Oh, reverse the polarity <laughs> of the synthesizer. I love that. It had a sword fight in it as well. Yeah, that's what I love. The and it fit. had the clangers in it as well. <laughs> yeah, what a great show. Oh, I love that's brilliant. I mean, a great performance there from um, from Roger Delgado as the master. Yeah. The original oh, no. master. Yeah, I, I think he... Um, and such yeah. a shame that he died of it in a car crash, yeah. didn't he? Because yeah. they were going to bring him back, weren't they? He was mm. going to be... He was going to be... He was going to basically kill off John Pertwee or they yeah. were going to join forces or whatever. Um 
Because there's a bit of a tradition of uh, the master killing off the doctor, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, with, with John Pertwee uh, leaving, he obviously he transforms, it, well, regenerates into Tom Baker with the help of another uh, Time Lord. That's right, Campo or Shoji, depending yeah. on, you know, AKA. Now, Shoji. isn't there an interesting thing there where Lethbridge Stewart turns around and says, Here we go again? Yeah, well, I think even though Lethbridge Stewart didn't see the regeneration of he knows uh, of it, so he knows of it, and actually, obviously, then he met uh, he met in the Three Doctors, he met them again, and he saw mm. on the was he in that I think yeah he saw it on the screen William no, so he's doctor, very comfortable he's the very five comfortable doctors he ones. knows he's familiar with Patrick Troughton the yeah. second doctor how does that work was, was oh, no, cause he, he met him he met him Web of Fear uh, with the Yeti in the underground that's the first time we meet Colonel Lethbridge Stewart ah, and then in the invasion right. which is the one that the first episode's been animated by Cosgrove Hall yeah. uh, he's promoted to Brigadier so they were basically test runs for John Pertwee's era which is, the, which is the episode in which um Left with shoot is the it's the it's the almost like a parallel universe where he's got the uh, patch Inferno, on his arm. Like, end yeah. of John Pertwee's first first series. Ah. They're still trying to find their feet really with that series. So basically, it's um it's a four parter spearhead from space with the Autons, which was so good that Russell T Davis brought them back to oh. kick off the Chris Eccleston yeah. era. Mm-hmm. And then you've got three seven part stories, which you know interesting but quite long. Mm-hmm. You got the, the Silurian story, you got the Ambassadors of Death mm-hmm. with the Martians coming over. And you've got Inferno, which is partly set in the parallel world. Yeah. Which I is think great, as well, we, we've where got eye patches and scars. That, yeah, and, and the strange. Like, oh, I mean, he, he, and we also see, of course, him doing a bit of his uh, kung fu. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We also see as well vulnerability in the Doctor with uh, John Pertwee with Joe leaving when she gets yeah, engaged, right, and yeah. he just and she gets engaged to up, very much he? like a kind of younger version of the Doctor, yeah, Professor Clifford yeah. Jones, kind of to go off at the Amazon and look for mushrooms or whatever it is. Now, uh, Joe um, Gester should also is played by Katie Manning. Yeah, you yeah. just said Joe Gester. Joe Gester plays for and you know the reason why are you thinking of a particular Dalek I am indeed yes, <laughs> yes. yes. in which she's posies naked with that Dalek yeah well Katie Manning uh, always a game awesome girl picture. you know up for anything definitely uh, so uh, so yeah <laughs> will she ever come back probably not <laughs> <laughs> well, no, she's. At, I mean, she she's doing some of the CDs. She's playing uh, Iris Wildtime. Yeah, yeah. In a spin-off of a spin-off of Doctor Who, which is you know, it's kind of it just goes how far down the rabbit warren you can go if you want to with Doctor Who. Well, but, the, yeah. Let's face it, it, it is spawning off so many. Uh, Different things left, yeah, right, obviously, it? that's a tribute to its popularity. Oh, yeah. The fact that you know people love it enough to 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 want to be part of this world and to, to take it further. So we're going to head now into uh, Tom Baker, which yeah. we've already talked about, and this is where we first started. This yeah, podcast. very cyclical, really. Uh, normally, we'd stop at ninety nine because this podcast is dedicated to TV from nineteen sixty to nineteen ninety nine. But because Doctor Who is such a huge yeah. and and I should point out one of the most important programs ever made in British TV. It's the longest running sci fi program ever. We have to talk about the classic TV. Now, I was extremely excited when uh, we found out in 2005 that Doctor Who would be yeah. coming back. Awesome actor taking over the role in the, the guise of Christopher yeah. Eccleston. Brilliant actor. Who, Fantastic of course, actor. has only done one season. Now, before we go into it, I, I'm sure, I'm, I, I'm not going to say this is 100%, but I'm sure I've actually heard David Tennant announce that he knew he had been cast as Doctor Who as Rose was broadcast. I wouldn't be surprised. The BBC knew that Chris Eccleston was only ever going to do one series yeah. and they tried their hardest to to keep it under wraps mm. I mean how brilliant would that have been if we got to the end of the series and then suddenly he regenerates I mean that yeah. would have been a real shocker now I remember saying to you that when they announced it or whether it leaked or something it leaked it, it was about confirmed. three or four episodes into what, it uh, no it was one episode in was it one episode it was actually the, I I remember it was saying, like the same week I remember saying to you how, how, what a bad move that was 
Um, I think that they. I think basically it leaked, and the BBC press office confirmed it. Um, but I think, to be honest, there, there wasn't really much they could have done in that situation because mm. it would have got out. Because it was just really that was a real acid test for how popular Doctor Who had become at that point. It had gone from being this tiny little show that was being watched by three, four million people mm. in 1989 through to a ratings winner in one week. Yeah, you know, first week it, it was the. Most I think it was rated, like nine point yeah, five. Enormous so figure nowadays. Um, and it was everywhere. It was in all the papers mm. and. It, and it's just like you know, your tiny little football team that's been languishing at the bottom of the fourth division. Yeah. Suddenly, is at the top of the Premiership. Uh, do you remember the posters for that? Was I do. Out? It was Eccleston. I know. I was, was, so, I was so excited. The doors badly done. I know the door, but the thing is, it, it's a representation. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no. Don't worry about it. Relax a bit. Relax. <laughs> but how exciting was that? The fact that you could have a sixteen-piece poster yeah. in it on the high street. You know, down, down, down there. That. People were leaking the episode on the internet. That it was yes, kind of like, he was, wasn't the, it? The the first episode, here's yeah. the music. Radio One were playing the theme music first of all. Oh, well, that's mm. amazing! Kind of yeah, all this little stuff coming out. But and I remember being sat down there at seven o'clock. Was it yeah. like mm. on that BBC Saturday night watching BBC? I was so excited. I was like a little boy again. I must, and yeah. it's like, mm -hmm. how often do you get that feeling? How often do you get a feeling? I mean, obviously, you know, there are things that we all do that make us feel very happy, mm. you know. But how often do you get a feeling that takes you right I, back I, I can to say that the day in when, when the new Star Wars film first came out? I know you, you actually got that's crap. But the actual <laughs> actually, to be fair, it, yeah, that moment when Phantom Menace came out, yeah, yeah, came out. Once upon a time, I thought yeah. I'd never see this. I thought I'd yeah. never see yeah. this. Mm. Even though afterwards you thought, oh my god, but yeah. it don't matter then. It doesn't yeah. matter, does it? No. The thing is. I get the feeling you were a bit disappointed by the new series of Doctor Who. I wasn't. Yeah. I think it actually uh, followed through on its promise. What was your first impressions of the very first episode of Rose, the first episode of the new series? My impressions? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were kind of... That was quite funny, I think. Did your eyes go in two different directions? Let's get a cow first, because I know I do know what you then and then come to me. Love Chris Freckleston. Straight away, I thought, hmm, what was called this? The Companion. So I thought, I don't, I don't, I'm not interested. I don't want to know about those times. I don't care. I, mm. I want to know about the Doctor. He's the person I grew up watching. Not that I don't care, but they can come and go. It's the Doctor I care about. And I thought, hopefully it'll get better. And to me, he got stronger and stronger centric about the bloody companion. I don't, I know you, don't know what you do, but I don't. I'm a sort of dipping and out the wall. I want the Doctor. Okay, that's good. But actually, like that it. first series had a really strong arc for that character of the Doctor that incarnation of the Doctor mm. he went from being bruised and battered yeah, I know, but yeah. he saw that in Dalek I mean a very strong performance in Dalek really kind of the point which you're thinking what has happened to this man mm. I mean and even even earlier on when he's on in, at the end of the world that revelation that Gallifrey has been destroyed yeah yeah I mean I, I had a kind of lump in my throat when that was a, and it's kind of the whole idea yeah. that all of his support mechanisms all of that has been sheared away yeah. and he's on his own he oh, I think that shows you one thing Christopher Eccleston's a good actor isn't he he's brilliant he's a fantastic I honestly think that the best way to do that is to have other characters reacting to him yeah, and they're the eyes and ears of the audience mm. looking at the doctor oh, no, the I, doctor on his own <laughs> Okay, they've never tried to show us what goes on inside the Doctor's head, except in the full part of Invisible Enemy. Has there ever been an episode where it's all on his own? Yeah, Deadly Assassin. And what was it um, like? It's fine, it's good, but you wouldn't want oh, it you mean for very companion, long. Companion yeah, without a companion. Companionless, yeah. yeah. Tom Baker said, okay, when Sarah, when Sarah Jane left, Tom Baker said, oh, I don't want a companion, I don't want a new companion. If I do have a new companion, I want a talking cabbage. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, okay, Tom, whatever. Yeah, so <laughs> let's yeah. give it a try. Talking back to Gallifrey, uh, had him... You know, getting yeah. trapped in the Matrix and this uh, computer-generated world. Um, 
and yeah, no no companion. So it's fine, but you couldn't really keep yeah. it for very long. So you need someone from to talk to. No. And if it's someone who can give you a genuine emotional reaction to it, who can say kind of like, you know, kind of like when Rose does when she's at the end of the world, kind yeah. of like, you know, that's the end of the planet. That's you know, mm. and then that great scene when they go back and they and they they want chips. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I mean, no, like, yeah. I told, like I told you, didn't I, meant that I like the first, I like the Chris Freckleson series. Mm. It's mm. got it's got flaws in it, but I thought yeah, I can get yeah. through that. Yeah, because and then it goes season. into something different, and that's right. where well, I get I don't like yeah, it. Yeah. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna agree with you, Cal, on on the whole Rose Tile thing. I, I mean, me and you, we me and you, yeah, we argue on a regular basis. Most Doctor Who fans do, don't yeah, 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 well, you love it though, isn't it? That's a good thing. This is the whole. This is the whole. I think it was Tony Gilligan turned around and said that. It doesn't matter. You could have the most beautiful, best, well-wrote episode of Doctor Who because we're Doctor Who fans. We will pick it up and we will yeah, find something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But the Star Trek fans, but there's any any quote unquote geek. Yeah, anything are, are, are we love passionate it, yeah. about something. You're gonna now. I'm just looking at the the the, the first series of, uh, of Doctor Who here, the, the new series of, uh, of Doctor Who, and I loved actually the first episode of Doctor Who. I loved Rose. I thought it was a fantastic episode. The when you see again there's a certain point which which will be uh, the, the same thing as what I think of another character later on is we know Christopher Eccleston has been a, I, I love that Friends from the North I thought it was just the most brilliant TV yeah, yeah I mean he's a very smart Mark Strong is yeah, in that yeah, Daniel yeah. Craig is in that and um, oh, the lady who is an awesome actress uh, Gina McKean Gina McKean yep. uh, four fantastic mm-hmm. British actors Billy Piper mm-hmm. to me is a singer now I, she's a fantastic actress. She went to stage school, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. yeah, but I know her from Honey to the Bee, and yeah, although yeah, yeah. Uh, looks pretty good, uh, you know, uh, you, first but impressions of all. All I can say was she bought into it for her acting ability, or was she bought in it to get young people watching it? Probably. Well, a I bit mean, of obviously, both, you need to cast really, somebody though. who is young to, to to kind of give people a, mm. uh, something they can relate to. But it was. I think she was cast on her merits, and I think she's yeah. proven that. Was she the only one ever? Been? I thought you suppose you don't. You'll never know. Was no, they, she? They, they, no, 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 they, they did they write that role for her. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They wrote the role and then they cast. Cast as it. I was yeah, so they auditioned. Yeah, they did. Audition. They had yeah. auditions. Yeah. Loads of people auditioned. It was a really technical, sort of technical part. thing. Um, you guys, a minute. Can you just turn the light on, Phil? Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, loads of people auditioned, and some actresses have actually spoken afterwards. The fact that they, I can't remember any of the top of my head, but some actresses who worked in, in mm. Doctor Who since and have said, "Yeah, well, I auditioned for Rose. I read for Rose and things like that." But yeah, I think she got it on her merits, and I think she did a great. I think she did a, put in a great performance. Well, I suppose oh. it's a bit of a marmite thing, isn't it? Again, with her, isn't it? You, you're like me. You don't like it, do you? you she do. can't get no, past the. So, I actually quite like Billy Piper, and but you I don't like the character. Right? I just don't like the character. And yeah. the reason why I don't like the character is, although I think Rose is a great episode, I love the bit where. Right, turn around and says run awesome stuff and I like yeah. the way you've got that well, who is this guy kind of thing because yeah. it is for people who and I'm putting myself into someone who's thinking I've never seen Doctor Who before yeah. your interest is there straight yes. away who is this strange guy what is this blue box what is it and I love the design of the TARDIS it's great isn't it I love the inside and I love the outside I, I think it, I think it's awesome it really does work now for me then it peters slightly and the reason why is because I have to agree with Cal it becomes her. Now, I know that if Russell T. Davis has said, and I can see why he's done it where he's, he's actually wrote from the companion's eyes, and I can understand that, and fair enough, and I can see, and, he, and we can't turn around and say, it's a stupid idea, it's rubbish, it'll never work, because it's he has done, has clearly has done, yeah. and yeah. it's brilliant because it has brought, now I write for a science fiction website called Tracks in Sci-Fi, and I've been putting on uh, Doctor Who, and because I've been writing about it, the new series as well, mainly the new series, so many people uh, over there in America have been tuning in and watching, 
watching it. Uh, a guy called Scott has really got into this kind of stuff. And, and somewhere along the line, and people have, I've been voting about classic Doctor Who. You get new Doctor Who, you're going to get people watching mm. old Doctor Who. To me, that's extremely important. Yeah. The problem with the first series of Doctor Who is it just becomes all about her and her family. And this is the, this is the reason why I didn't like yeah. it. Not saying all of it, because there were, uh, and let's face it, Stephen Moffat's best episodes. Uh, well, anything Stephen Moffat yeah, does. Exactly. Yeah, no, genius. I mean, those, those and, two World you know, War II episodes. Um, are Empty stunning. Child and, and, and the Doctor, Doctor Dances. Dances yeah. Are yeah. just groundbreaking no, science fiction, yeah. well, awesome stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, um, stuff. yeah, I okay, you're right, but I mean, there have been times in the past when Doctor Who has been about the the, the companions. I mean, you know, when Adric turned up, uh, the TARDIS is stuffed with companions. Yeah. Anyway, Adric is one got of the most hated companions, um, going, the, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so you've got a lot of people being marginalised because there's, there's too many people talking on screen all the time mm-hmm. not a type of dialogue and then you've got um, the, doc, the Colin Baker and, and Nicola Bryant playing the, the Doctor and Perry and, and bickering all the time yeah. um, the thing that they got right with Rose was that she wanted to be there yeah. and that she, she wanted to be there it so was you, a better life for her than, exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and you saw the effect this had on her family that when she was left behind when they, when they were left behind and then the effect of the aliens coming to London mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff Um so yeah, I mean, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe it was becoming a bit too so. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't stand chavs. <laughs> so I didn't care about a mum. No, I don't care. About <laughs> I don't care about as well. I don't particularly care about Mickey either, and no. that's a problem because I think that's a weakness in terms. Of, again, it's personal preference. As yeah. well, it depends on. I mean, it depends on where the character's coming from. Because Mickey was obviously written in start with as being a bit of a joke. Mm. He was to start with, and then only later did he become more of a See, hero. Yeah. And it's that thing of how easy is it for someone to and make I know, that and, leap? Yeah, and also the right, fact. I mean, fair credit to Noel Clark, who is an awesome actor and an yeah. awesome writer. Yeah, well, he's, he's a bright I mean, young thing, uh, isn't oh, he? Really? Yeah, is. I mean, he's uh, uh, kiddohood and adulthood. I mean, yeah. brilliant films, uh, and 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 well done to him. Yeah. You know, and I first knew him from a free design pet, which is something we'll talk mm. about later on. True. Now, I mean, Eccleston leaves and Tennant comes into it. Yeah, awesome regeneration. Yeah, stand, awesome, yeah, first awesome regeneration. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you get the children. The children you need special there, where it's always explainable. Don't you want to be with me? And it, yeah. it all comes out. Um, your feelings of tenant taking over this, this who had already been in Doctor Who, you should point out, as an audio drama. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm very, very comfortable with David Tennant taking mm. over. I think David Tennant was very much seen as the fans' doctor in the sense that he was a Doctor Who fan. He was from within the ranks, as it were. He, like you said, he worked on the Big Finish audio yeah. CDs. He was a subscriber to Doctor Who magazine. Mm. As uh, was Russell he, T Davies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he had done his. He, he paid his dues basically. Mm. Um, so I think a lot of people were very comfortable with that. People who people who didn't like Chris Eccleston, you know, who thought Eccleston was too hard, too mm. acerbic, or whatever, um, liked <laughs> David Tennant. <laughs> now you're the opposite. Though, yeah. Oh, you not, ah. before before we unleash the bat, now yeah. I should point out. I mean, we, we, I've done a Doctor Who episode on Trexus Online, yeah. which Kenny, who presented that one, turned around and says, "You're not going to explode now, are you?" When you talk about uh, a new Doctor Who, and he's screw on you because the thing oh, with no. Christopher Eccleston is that he's just come out of the Time War. You know? yeah, now so he's, he's regenerated, only just regenerated. That big of the ears, kind of. Oh, I've got look at the yeah. size of ears. Yeah. I don't like the idea of that. To be fair, because he's not. He's he wastes. A, he, I mean, okay, we don't know how long those is okay. with him. To you don't know because we only see. And also, you don't know. I mean, okay, you don't know how how recently regenerated. He yeah. Is. yeah, I mean, he's a Time Lord. They probably don't spend a lot of time looking in mirrors. <laughs> no, I mean, no. it could have been. Well, he brushes his teeth, man. He's probably got nanites to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah he hasn't got much hair. 
Exactly, well, maybe he ain't yeah. got teeth. But the whole point yeah. is, <laughs> he's, 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 he's got laser beams. I don't know if we're going to uh, know much about the Time War in features. I think we will pick up stuff. I don't Smith. think we will because I think the Time War was very much a Russell T Davis thing. Uh, yeah. I think he said that he's going to leave it there for fans to speculate about what Time War is about. Best I don't do, think yeah, Moffat's yeah. necessarily that interested in it. I no. think he's going to move on there. Well, I think Moffat's going to go back to. But let's. Do you think so? I think he wants to make. No, I think no, 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 no. I think Moffat's going to go back to. Classic ah, style doctor. Oh, I don't know, okay, no, no, not to anyway. I no. think he might go in a completely different well, direction. It's going to run Oh, let's hope so. He's, yeah. he's done it so far with, it, with the castle. But before we talk about that, yeah. Cal, David Tennant comes into it. He's a young actor. He's a very well known uh, actor, well, theatre wise. Mm. And he's done, he's done, unfortunately, the Duck Patrol with Richard Wilson. Yeah. But we don't need to talk about that. He's a young man. He's um, one, I think, dresses perfectly like the doctor. Beautiful coat. I got the coat. You don't like him as the doctor. Now, is it because you don't like his character as the doctor or you don't like him? I don't like his character as a doctor. He's smug. And I, n- I hate smugness. And in all the Doctor Who's, there's never been no one smug in my John Pertwee was smug. Yeah, but he was, it was funny smug. He was like, <laughs> he was like, you know, you think you know, but I, I don't, oh, gonna come oh. I don't think you really, you know, I always think with David Tennant, it's like, I want the doctor burst out thinking, oh, what's all this? He's like, oh. And I don't want that from a doctor. It's like I've saw it all before. Everything's bought. I've been there. He's met 900 him. years old. Well, actually, he's, well, he's more than a thousand years old. Yeah, I know, but I want to suspend my disbelief. I want to suspend my disbelief. I want my belief. I want it to be exciting. And it's like he's walking around. He's shunting around. Oh, I've been there, done that before. Met him before. Is it that he's just a bit glib then? It's yeah. Just, he's just, got just, a, a, there's nothing. Oh, okay. There's no spark with me. He's like he stands around looking all a bit... He has his moody bits and he'll put his eyebrow up when he's being a bit wacky. <laughs> then he'll... And it's like, yeah, here we yeah, go. You it's, thought I was bad. It's, no, like, no, no. it's like in stages, one part no. of it, he'll be a bit... You know, you think, oh, he's a bit mysterious. Then he'll have a wacky bit. Then he'll have a dark bit. Then he'll have a look. And you I think it's really almost like he's, sick. he's turning the pages of every the episode. He goes through the same emotions. Oh, so I told you, I'm back for Yeah, but what emotions? Well, I mean, uh, you know... Old Doctor Who. I don't was think he does great. evil very well. He <laughs> doesn't okay. do bad Doctor very well. No, old Doctor Who was great, but it never really made you cry, did it? No, but there's a there's no there's not an awful lot that makes me cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's just point out that you haven't got any you haven't got any shoes on at the moment. So <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, see yeah. what we can do. No, but I tell you what, no, I've got a black. There's a number of t- yeah, it's rather frightening. That's yeah. all, isn't it? Um, no, there's a number of, of uh, I, I confess this. There's a number of times I've been watching new Doctor Who, mm. and you know I've had to kind of go, oops, somebody in my eye there. Yeah. Uh, you know, choke back a kind of you know because I think Russell T Davis does. Really heighten the emotional response to it. Where? <laughs> oh, when Rose left, I was in bits. I was clawing. Yeah, yeah, I, know yeah, you know, well, yeah. Well, no, I must admit that is a great. That is a rather. But, but they ruined it. How? By bringing her back. I know. It's like yeah. a comic. No one stays dead. No. And uh, what is it with the news? Says right. If you've got a bad oh, let's bring back the Cybermen. Oh, All right then, you've been done. And how rubbish are they? Yeah, I can't stand the oh, new Cybermen. Oh, I re- well, there's I mean, no military okay. strict. I love not, all the military okay. stuff in the original. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they're not. I mean, okay, obviously they are. They are an alternative yeah. universe Cybermen, so they're not the same. But yeah, I mean, the big problem was that for me, the Cybermen had to be bodies that were cybertized, as it yeah. was cyberneticized. Cybernet- yeah. Yeah, Cyber Yeah, cyber yeah. Yeah, whatever that word is. Whereas these are just brains in 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 robot suits. Not as scary. Not as scary, but. Yeah, well, fair dues. It worked for him. No, okay, uh, but Dalek is a great episode. Great episode. But overused. overused. Yeah, this is we probably, don't want to see okay. the Daleks. Flying around no, London. <laughs> no, I thought when they came back from for Canary Wharf, I thought it was a great moment when they came out of Sphere. 
That was great. And then yeah, Daleks yeah, versus Cybermen, yeah. talking Again, weight machine fight. You know, pretty good, I thought. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, Daleks in Manhattan, could uh, forget about that. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a good yeah, episode. Yeah, let's, not, let's not talk about that. Um, but, I mean, okay, I can understand why they want to bring them back because it's crowd pleasing. And it's, and it's fine, you know, if you're doing something new with them, like they did in Dalek, that's great. Yeah. Um, but they're not, that, that, that's it though. Uh, they, they shouldn't do anything else with it because it becomes. Well, you've got to be really careful because if you try to do something too new with it, you you, you end up losing the character. But it's a new series. Oh, these people, the people, the whole point of the cla- new Doctor Who is it's aimed at with a little the odd nod to Absolutely. the classic people. And how much new stuff has they come up with? How much iconic stuff is there in this new Doctor Who? Uh, gas mask creatures. Are you my mummy? Uh, Weeping angels. Stephen Muffet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, some of the best Doctor Who episodes have been by one Stephen Muffet and also directed by Graham Harper. Yeah, they all come from old Doctor Who, especially yeah. Graham Harper. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's directed, true. Yeah. directed. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, okay. So, uh, second series uh, of new Doctor Who. First one with David Tennant. Um, the um, uh, Clockwork. Sorry, Clockwork. Yes. Uh, what's it called? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> our brains that work. We've been talking too long. Um, we have. We're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. One yeah. Hour yeah. Clockwork creatures under the bed. Um, yeah, really newer. Very, very. No, 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 no. no, no. The, the, um, the one with um, Ma- uh, Madame de Pompadour in it. Uh, uh, yeah, everyone knows what it's it called. Yeah, everyone. Oh, you know, the fireplace. The fireplace. Yeah, the fireplace. yeah, yeah. Of I thought that story was perfect because it was a. It was basically about being a scared little child again. Yeah, and it was about the. Okay, this is a girl who the doctor's jumping into her life at various points during her life. She, he's basically from her childhood. So what Stephen mm. Moffat is basically doing there, he's writing about Doctor Who coming back to the screens. Yeah, he's writing about how you feel when you watch Doctor Who now compared to how you felt as yeah. a child. Mm. And that's brilliant. That's yeah. I mean, there are, that there, there's no question about that. There are some yeah. gems in the news, and yeah. there are because but I, the reality I, is, I will, you're I'm not the same person that you were well, when you were five. No, to be six, fair, I don't think seven. I've grown up an awful lot. <laughs> 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 you're a bit hairy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the, the thing is, okay. So Rose goes, and I was quite glad to see get because he was becoming. I don't want romance in Doctor Who no, because no. the Doctor is the Doctor is an enigma I like the mystery towards him it's the one thing that annoyed me slightly with the, the TV movie because they, they said he was half human and yeah, well, we, don't talk about that. we don't talk about that yeah. uh, and he was becoming too you don't the, and now I've had this argument before people were saying yeah but the, the companion would get emotionally involved in we've already seen it we know that we saw it with Sarah Jane when he just dumps her and he just leaves her there and we also see it with Tegan especially where she can't handle the deaths anymore and like any normal person would it, to me it just got too boring it was getting too emotionally involved in it and when she went it was fantastic now I was you know good fantastic leaving episode and yeah emotionally well wrote fantastic stuff don't bring her back they should never have brought her back because it would have been just a I think it was really awkward and when she did come back her performance wasn't quite the same and she had a funny take she had a, yeah, yeah I don't know what was going she on couldn't speak could she no, no, that was, was a bit strange yeah, <laughs> that was a bit strange um, so yeah I mean it is yeah, but I mean, I suppose it's this thing that Doctor Who now has got such a momentum. Yeah. It is such a juggernaut that's, that's going forward and forward and forward and no, forward. As, as we've already, that it is going to be eating up characters and reusing yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, as Cal's pointed out, that the, this new series is it, so companion um, driven to a yeah. certain degree. When Martha Jones came into it, I, I was, liked her. I loved her. Uh, yeah. To me, she was. I mean, uh, has uh, been. I must say, I mean, I th- I, yeah, Martha's fine. Martha's mm. fine. Um, I must say that look, I mean, at the time I liked, the time I liked it, but looking back, you know, mm, I don't think she made as strong an impression on me as Rose did, and I don't think she made as strong an impression on me but, 
as um, as Donna. But, as is, but that's a good thing. Probably the reason why me and you like <laughs> no, I Martha. You, I can see you both twitching. No. Um, <laughs> what I liked about Martha's but character is, the point, though, is at the that, end she didn't fall in love with him. Yeah, she kind of, also, she walked away. Yeah, that was great. But, then, yeah. but don't you think that this is the whole point? Yeah. This is the point. That the fact that it shouldn't be about that. It shouldn't be about <laughs> no. her. And the reason why, well, you know, she's a companion. Yes, it's Doctor Who, the Doctor. That's yeah. what she was good, and well, she was brilliant in my mind. She did the, the, the role perfectly as the companion should be. She, I like the way she asks questions. She's not stupid. She's intelligent. She's a doctor, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And that's what, and then, and then, we get the runaway bride. Well, no, we had the runaway bride already. We'd had the yes, runaway we had bride before. That so was she, Rose. Well, there you go. Let's so not there talk you go. about you've got it. Got your taster and Catherine Tate. Get rid of it. She comes in screaming, moaning, whinging. Oh, come on! The runaway bride was the runaway bride was a Christmas episode, special. A Christmas special. Nothing wrong with Christmas special. Being a crowd pleaser, quite high stakes. You know, kind of a bit noisy and empty. That's fine. That's fine. Tidy's coming down the motorway. That was yeah, brilliant. But then I think she came back, and people saying, "Well, why have you brought back? You know, what's going on here?" But actually, her character genuinely did move on from between the Runaway Bride in the beginning of the yeah, series we'll and back. also she moved on during that series mm. and I thought by the end of that series I thought that was a brilliant performance I thought she was a, it was staggering and I think when the doctor wiped her mind sorry am I allowed to kind of say things like that because yeah. it's obviously yeah, 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 well, it's not a spoiler episode yeah I was going to say because nah. obviously nah, no, anyone, who's listening, okay. anyone who's listening to these will know Doctor uh, Who <laughs> so when Doctor Who wiped your mind and removed that reference to Doctor Who wiping Donna's mind <laughs> uh <laughs> Um, I thought I thought that was really that was really powerful and that yeah. was a real kind of reset in the mm -hmm. old tradition of Doctor Who like at the end of the War Games when, when Zoe and Jamie were, were dropped back yeah. with their yes. white mice yes. and all the loads of people who were complaining about her arriving were complaining about her departing mm. they were saying kind of like oh you haven't done fair by the character that's a terrible thing to do to that character I thought brilliant yeah the Doctor's mm. universe is a terrible terrible place yeah. it is also a beautiful and exciting place mm. but Bad things happen to good people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I, because towards the end of uh, Donna Noble's time with the Doctor, mm. I actually liked her character. Uh, I, considering how much I despised her at the beginning, and I thought that the Adipose was awful. I'm never going to change my mind. That was one of the worst opening episodes. Mm. I don't want a comedy cliche of no, comedy. She must have just come in, I am I bothered? Yeah. And then that's it. Well, see, this is the point. This <laughs> actually, is the point. well, I do quite Did she like, say that? Yeah. I do quite like the scene with the windows. <laughs> no, you see, I, well, yeah. you hate the scene no, with yeah, the windows. Yeah, I do. Right, and the reason okay. is, and, and this is because I know Catherine Tate's a good actress. I know she is, and I've seen her in other stuff. And uh, it's just the point is that I, I often feel, and I think Cal, you'll agree with this, that the BBC is such a self-promoting machine yeah. where they stick her in. And whether it's because of the fact she, maybe she'd done some filming of the cafe, let's Tato, be honest, and she couldn't I lose think... the facial ticks and the damn <laughs> okay. irritating yeah, yeah. stuff, screeching, like screeching Stop it. Now it's not until the science in the library where I start to actually warm to her. The fact that you know uh, the Doctor Donna bits come into it. There's something yeah. on your back. Where does she does change? And okay, I know it's the right point of view, but I think that the fact that she actually gets she doesn't. I don't think Catherine Tate wanted to do that, but why? Um, Dunno anyway, because she's totally different. And I have to agree. One, I only do get to see Bernard Cribbins, who is awesome. The Cribster. Oh, oh god! But yeah. also, yeah, the Doctor can find it to a nurse in essence death mm. because she's gone back to the life that. But the fact is, what I like about it is the fact that she's not to blame for how her life is. Her mum is to blame. Yeah. and he gives her the ultimate thing is you tell her about me you will kill her that to me is awesome because it's like you ruined her life by treating her the way that you have done now I'm going to get back to you now the doctor's done that in the family of blood 
mm, human nature. That's true. When you awesome. see him as being you see, very now harsh. Now that, I have maintained he's David Tennant's best episode, which ironically is not playing the Doctor, he's playing John Smith. Yeah. But beautifully wrote by Paul Canal. And, and you see the darkness of that. And he just, you know, and that's probably the changing point. But I would be happy never to see her ever turn up. Now, if rumours spoil She's going to be back, or she will. If they bring her back for de- Tennant's... Now, Spoiler. Yeah, they okay. might. It depends on what they're going to film. Tenants. It depends on what they're going to do. They finished filming. Yeah. I mean, Have you seen it. the picture? Um, uh, no, oh, no, no, la la. Excuse la, me la, a la. moment. Are you going to ask me something? Off- Sorry about that. Yeah, we we're just talking about something that we can't talk about because it's uh, <laughs> it spoil things. Away. But okay, so look, uh, we're going to have to wrap this up because we are heading towards two hours, and that's a ridiculous point. So thank you for staying with us. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now, of course, we are uh, coming up towards the end of uh, yeah. David Tennant's. Uh, well, we've got and it's going to change like, again. It's going to yeah, be different. We're going to have Matt Smith production coming in. team. Matt Smith, different yeah. actor coming in. Um, Stephen Moffat taking over. But the great thing is that Doctor Who is always about change. Hmm. Unlike a lot of series that are locked down to having the same actors and the same crew and the same team, it's about change. And even beyond the series, we've got these novels, we've got the books, we've got mm-hmm. the audio tapes, we've got the discs, we've got the annuals, all that kind of stuff. Some of which is completely mad. Mm. But it's, it's all Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Let me ask you something though, quickly, right? Here's something you say it's all about change. And yeah. But do you think it, they would have been brave enough to imply a 50-year-old as the role as a new Doctor Who. I that think, never would have... And that's what I, I don't Mark like it. I think in reality, you couldn't do it because I don't think you could have a 50-year-old who is going to be in the centre of that show and be in it every week and keep up that punishing level of performance. At the moment, Edward Woodward did it in, in uh, the Equalizer. Oh, well, well, yeah. well, no, even, I don't think it's the same. Even show like, at all. say, someone no, like Paul McGann's age, what was he, his mid 40s when yeah, he no, did I mean, it? You know, that's, I mean, you know, Chris Eccleston was in his 40s. Yeah. You could do that. Why are they well, going young? Why are they constantly going young? Because it's different. You've got, I tell you, with this one, all I can say is because we haven't seen Max no, Smith speak no, at no, all. No, no. All I can say is. Well, we've seen him in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Trust Stephen Moffat. I love Stephen Moffat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. As far as I'm concerned, if it's good enough for Stephen Moffat, it's yeah, good yeah. for me. I might be disappointed, perfectly yeah. prepared to be disappointed, but there you go. Saw that hairline. Okay, so we're going to wrap up this episode now with Doctor Who. I'm going to give you guys a chance to uh, pick your uh, version of the theme tune, which I'll play after I read out um, the email we've got, and also, of course, so, uh, of course, so, of course, so, Ooh. <laughs> uh, Mike's uh, MP3 that he sent us. So, Phil, what uh, theme tune would you prefer? You got the choice of 1963, 1980, or 1987. I want to go back to basics, straight back to the very beginning. Delia Derbyshire's version, 1963, please. Okie doke. And Cal? I concur. I concur. There you go. And I'm going to go for that as well. Well, you know, I could have just. Uh, played whatever one I wanted you never yeah. know okay so uh, Phil thanks very much for coming oh, you're very welcome real pleasure and Kel thank you for joining us alright cheers and I'm going to play the. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to play Mike's MP3 and then I'm going to read out a short email thanks a lot guys hey guys this is Mike from London again and I see you're finally getting round to waffling about Doctor Who knowing meds as little as I do I guess I'm surprised it's taken you this long to get there but now that you're there, then I, I guess I have a few things that I could say about my exposure to the series. It was obviously on for years and years and years and years in its first run, and I must have grown up with it on television. My earliest memory is, I think, Planet of the Spiders, which, from having looked it up, is the last John Pertwee story, the regeneration of Tom Baker. I probably saw some of the earlier ones, but having glossed through a few of the storylines and stuff on the internet, I really don't recognise that many of them. I know I've seen some of those since that time, later on, teenager probably, but uh, I think Planet of the Spiders probably stuck in my mind because it just frightened me. I mean, it's not impossible that I've seen that one since, but I have a fairly good memory of it, it being at the time it was first aired. My next memories are 
things like Pyramids of Mars, Ark in Space, and my all-time favourite that I've, I've always looked back on, Robots of Death. So all early Tom Baker stories. Looking over the, the list of, of Tom Baker's season one, in fact, I, I recognise most of them, and obviously that was his first year, and it must have been the year that uh, Doctor Who had the most influence on me. It's actually odd that I remember of all this. I think it's 1974, 1975. I'd have been six or seven at that point, and... As a father of a nine-year-old who's just slightly too fragile that we don't let her watch Doctor Who, I'm sort of vaguely shocked that anybody would allow me to watch such things at such a tender age. The other one that, that's also got to get an honourable mention from around that time, of course, is City of Death. Not only because it was good, but because John Cleese was in it, and because, of course, it was penned by the late Douglas Adams. And in fact, some elements of that he later took on and uh, cropped up in the first of his Dirk Gently novels, which was interesting. I think I preferred City of Death rendition better. Going back to Tom Baker, I watched all through the Baker era, all through the, the, the Davison years, and probably faded out or, or tailed off sometime during um, Colin Baker's ride in the TARDIS. And having said Tom Baker was obviously the most influential, he was also probably the one who annoyed me the most with the overuse of humour in the, in the later years of the series. I had a number of friends who were into all of this as well, which possibly helped my fandom and various of, of their friends, who I, I knew in a casual way, so... I have to say I met Paul Cornell while I was at school and he's now writing for the for the new Doctor Who series, so there's one minor claim to fame. Of course, now we have the new series airing and I watched that from when it first came out when Chris Eccleston first hit the screen in that role. But I have to say it took me a little while to get used to it. I think part of it was the, the format rather than the, the production or anything else because I much preferred, certainly at the time, the older, the four-parters, the six-parters with, with multiple half-hour episodes, cliffhangers on each one. And I, I think it worked better. I'd say I've got used to the new one. It's interesting having watched the recent Torchwood series shown over the last week, one story covering five episodes, that I'd forgotten how much I missed that way of telling complex stories. I mean, I know Doctor Who's supposed to be a children's programme, but I think that could still work with that format. Anyway, that's enough from me. Those are my thoughts on the topic. Look forward to hearing what you both think. Cheers. Okay, thanks, Mike. And this is an email that we received from Mark Daniels. Uh, Mark Daniels. For some reason, I thought of uh, Paul, Paul Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's magic. It's I was Mark. thinking of Martin. I was going obscure. Martin Daniels. Oh, that's blimey, son, that's, that's, that is. Yeah, that is. <laughs> okay, and uh, and Mark says, this is what it says. Good morning. I just wanted to thank you and your co-host uh, and the guest host. Uh, for doing your wonderful podcast I've listened to and enjoyed all of your podcasts uh, I've been looking forward to your Doctor Who podcast I'm one of those Americans that started watching British television shows in the 1970s I started watching Doctor Who in 1978 I used to watch it on my local PBS station Tom Baker was my first Doctor I watched Tom Baker for years and then they changed it to Peter Davison I didn't know what happened at that time I didn't know that the Doctor could regenerate it was a couple of years before I knew after I found out, it all made sense to me. I then watched the Davison, Baker, Colin and McCoy years. They were okay, but they were no Tom Baker. About ten years ago, I stumbled across some episodes from the Pertwee years and fell in love with a different Doctor. I have learned to enjoy all of the incarnations of Doctor Who, and one of my personal goals is to go back and watch the Hartnell and Trayton years. When Doctor Who returned to the small screen in 2005, I was excited. I thought the, ex <clears throat> Excuse me, I thought the Christopher Eccleston and Billy Piper worked really well together. I was kind of sad to see Eccleston go after one season, and David Tennant blew me away. I thought that Martha Jones was one of his better companions. Uh, he's now my favourite Doctor. I look forward to seeing him in the last episode of The Doctor, and keeping an eye open. Sorry, and keeping an open mind about this new Doctor. I didn't give Davison Baker and McCoy a fair chance. Oh, fair play, man. Uh, 
Uh, I watched an episode of Doctor Who last night where Adjut was killed. Earthshock, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, that was a sad ending to an episode of Doctor Who. There is so much to talk about, and I haven't even talked about the Big Deer, Sergeant Benton, uh, Sarah Jane Smith, Leela, Perry, and the list goes on. I could go on and on about Doctor Who, but I don't want to write an essay. Didn't stop us. D- don't need to. We've gone two hours. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before I let you go. I can't stand Donna Noble. She got on my uh. nerves. <laughs> she got on my nerves. Uh, she's got to be the worst companion the Doctor has ever had. Once again, I would like to thank you for doing such a wonderful podcast. By the way, I'm a James Bond fan. Thanks for the tip on your last mini waffle about the James Bond podcast for your ears only. I'm also looking forward to your Black Seven podcast. I hope you do something on the Jerry Anderson shows, which we are doing, aren't we? And that was for Mark Daniel. So thanks very much. And here's a little sneaky Easter egg, courtesy of Phil Hayes and the wonderful Jeff Love. Mm-hmm.